0: Hello, and welcome to Ono oh Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves.
1: Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy.
0: And I'm Ross Blotcher. And this week we have an interview.
1: Yes, a very exciting one. This is with two former followers of Shakuntali Siberia. She's that self proclaimed shaman and healer from Russia who claims to cure HIV, cancer, and the novel COVID-19 coronavirus.
0: You may remember in May 2020, Carrie interviewed Miss Siberia and confronted her about some holes in her story. The interview ended with her insisting that we not publish that conversation. Uh, It's worth a listen if you haven't already heard it.
1: Well, someone else was listening that day, a woman named Amy Speck who then shared it with her friend Amanda Atkinson. So what you're about to hear is an interview with these two very brave women who, until recently, were Shakuntali's high-ranking followers.
0: Amanda Atkinson is a Reiki, yoga, and breathwork practitioner. In 2017, Amanda began to follow a spiritual group called My Field of Love where she met Shakuntali Siberia and quickly became a devoted follower and a lead organizer. Amanda introduced many people to the movement, including her close friend, Amy Speck, a voice actor and musician. Within a short time, Amy became the voice of power, a title Shakuntali gave her for narrating spiritual teachings the group would send followers. Amy and Amanda both traveled all over the world with Shakuntali until January 2020 when they left the fold.
1: Really recently. So we are really honored to have this conversation, in part because you and I, Ross, are two kind of science (laughs) buddy-duddies, but we could come together with these two really spiritual people and share this goal of finding truth and curbing spiritual manipulation and abuse.
0: So here it is, our conversation with Amy Speck and Amanda Atkinson, socially distanced and recorded remotely from California and Colorado.
1: Amanda, we wanted to start with you. Maybe you can tell us about how you found our show and found that Shakuntali interview.
2: Well, um, I found it because our friend sent it to Amy. Yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I can't even remember how she said, what she said, how, um, That, but it was just like, it just showed up. She's like, are you okay? Do you want to watch this? And Or he listened to it and... Um, It was kind of like a yes and no, like, God, no, I don't want to listen to that. And, oh, but I kind of need to, and I don't know. It just opens stuff up, and it was hard to listen to. Like, it was really challenging to listen to that one. um, Hearing her voice is Mm. something I try to avoid uh, as much as possible at this point. Mm -hmm. And um, also just the blatancy of what came up in your interview was just like wow my first response was I feel stupid af because that was obvious and it just blew me away that I was a part of it and so involved and in love with what we were doing and what I was learning and you know all of that And so it sat me down and humbled me and also made me see like, okay, there's definitely something here. And the reason why I wanted to get in touch with you guys is because it's, well, it's time to use the voice, you know, to be, to just share. So your uh, interview really rocked my world.
1: (laughs) You were already um, sort of out
2: of the group when you heard it though, right? Absolutely. Um, I got out around end of December, January, beginning of January of this uh, year.
1: Of this year. Oh, yeah. pretty,
0: pretty recent then.
1: Very recently.
0: Around the time that we first heard of Shakuntali. So, when did you started with Shakuntali? What drew you to her, and how so long I, were you I with her? I
2: started with my field of love. I'm really bad at timelines. I'm going to put that out there right now. It all blends together. I can't remember the month. I think it was like late summer, fall 2017. And I had a good friend of mine that I had known for years that it had been inviting me to come to these workshops and seminars for like five years. And I it just never was the right timing or didn't line up. And I was doing other things. And she reached out again and invited me to come to a workshop down in Boulder with the Shaman Diana Sumi. And so I went to a business and spirituality workshop and, you know, spent, it was like a three hour workshop, I think, with, um, men and women. And I was a leader in my community and spirituality, had my own business, a teacher and all of that. So this was really relatable to my work. And I thought it would be neat to go meet a Siberian shaman, right? Like, who doesn't want to do that? It's so exotic. And, uh, um, But I went back to a trance dance again with Diana Sumi, and that was when I received my first object of power. And I was told this was a very special piece. This piece would connect me to the great spirit of Siberia, the great shamans of Siberia, and that it meant I was a channel from the heavens of the earth. And it was a very important message and omen to have this object in my life. It will be $250 (laughs) Oh, is the sacrifice to receive the blessing for your lineage. Before all the deprogramming I've experienced, Mm -hmm. I couldn't talk about this stuff without going into that accent and using the gestures Mm -hmm. and the pauses because I was trained to do this. Okay. Mm. So, and you will see now, if you speak to any organizer in this organization... They will have, if not same accent, very similar pauses, very similar ways that they hold their hands and connect with your eyes. Mm. So it's a thing, right? Mm -hmm. So I got my first time of experiencing that with the interaction with this object of power and was made to feel like this is right. This feels good because this is this blessing. And it's like this answer to this prayer and oh my gosh, and you're a very important person and we're so happy you are here. What was the object of power?
0: Yeah, is this a physical object?
2: Yes, it was a leather leather amulet, and it had a spiral carving in it, and it was a cool leather necklace. And I was told that that object carried a certain energy that would help me express that energy in myself, right? So you're like, cool, I dig it. You know, you get that at festivals and shows. People put their intention into things and you receive the blessing of it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've been a festival kid forever. Like, I'm accustomed to that kind of energy exchange, right? After that, my friend asked me if I would like to do something in Cheyenne, Wyoming, where I am from. Me opening a healing center there and having my healing practice there was like, a a real case of educating the community on what the heck you were talking about. Like when I started as a Reiki practitioner, nobody knew what Reiki was. It was like Mm. the basic concept. It's spiritually guided life force energy. It helps you relax. You know, I had to tell everybody from square one. So Cheyenne doesn't have a lot of outside culture that comes in. Mm. And so my friend asked me if I'd like to bring Diana to Wyoming and host an event And they were doing womb cleanses regularly and still are. And that's, you know, uh, an energetic cleanse of the energy that gets held within our second chakra, our womb itself. This is a practice that's done in indigenous cultures all over the world. And a lot of my studies outside of that school, I learned about womb work and different ways that you can work with cleansing that energetic space. And I'm passionate about. That kind of feminine work. So, when they asked me to host that kind of workshop, I was like, sure, let's do it. Let's see how the community receives it. I bring people into Cheyenne from different cultures, different shamanic backgrounds, often for workshops and classes anyway. So, I was like, let's bring her in. So, I invited Diana to come, and she was going to come with another one of the shamans, Liel, who I later met in Kazakhstan. And it was ended up being just Diana, but they came and I invited all these women in my community. 50 women showed up. Wow. Wow. And I literally was inviting women as we were setting up. And it was this crazy influx where people just filled up the church that we were in. It was was, insane. People
1: were hungry for this.
2: They were super hungry for it. And it was beneficial. Okay. I'm going to tell you the work that we did helped these women in hindsight. Do more research before you invite somebody in. Um, but I was going off my feeling because I'm a feeler. That's mm. how I'm built. That's how I connect with the world. Sometimes that serves me. Most of the time. Sometimes it brings me really big lessons hmm. like this time.
0: But the initial feeling was good.
2: Yes, absolutely. It it met my spirituality. It, it met my hunger for learning and developing and helping people like My whole business model from the time that I found out in myself that I wanted to be an energy worker was to create something that could bring people together on an international level, to help people find their spirituality, find their movement, find their joy. So Field of Love was all of that, right? Mm -hmm. And I was in a place where I had a 10-year LLC of my own. I created a healing center that was functioning well for three years I had just filed for my own 501c3 nonprofit called Follow Your Heart Foundation. I haven't done anything with that yet because of all of this. I just haven't. But it's there. So what they presented to me is what they were in my field of love fit that model to the T.
1: My field of love is a nonprofit, right?
2: Yeah, it's it's a charity. My field of love charity. Okay, you're using air quotes. If you go look on the website, my field of love, and I did this, like, this is what got me out, essentially. Like, you go look at any nonprofit page that's a true nonprofit, it is mandatory to list your nonprofit information. You have to be able to follow the trail. Keep looking, nothing, nothing. There are 32 country-wide charity. So in that moment, to me, I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. I would love to be a part of this. I'm backing Mm. up a little bit. Mm-hmm. so i brought her in 50 women boom ching if you go look at their website for my field of love and they they highlight and they lay out the organizer Payout, you know, how what the energy exchange is, payout rate or whatever. If you organize, you have to have at least 15 people come or the event gets canceled. You get a certain percentage of the new people. You get a lesser percentage of people who've been there twice, a lesser percentage of people who have been there three times. Finally, if they keep coming back, you don't get paid for those people anymore. Uh, oh, so. I'm, I'm
1: starting to visualize a triangle, <laughs> if you will. Yeah,
2: pyramid. Gl- <laughs> a pyramid. I call it, a pyramid. <laughs> Funny.
0: Can you describe who Diana is within the group?
2: Diana Sumi is the shaman who is more related to business and time management. So she came from a business background um, in Russia, in theory, um, and was a very successful businesswoman that chose to be follow the path of the shaman. And so her um forte or her specialty in her magic is time management and business. It's okay. a good,
0: good gift to get from the spirits. Very relevant yeah, today.
2: Y- you don't usually hear that about shaman. Yeah, I learned a lot from her. I, I actually like Diana. She's a pretty cool. Okay,
1: lady. okay. So yeah, tell us how Shakuntali enters this picture.
2: Oh yeah, I was about to get to that. So I get fifty women to my first sponsorship. Boom! She's got her own following. She knows how to market. She can get 50 people in the door. Oh, she is you. She, me. She knows how to greet the people and welcome them. She knows how to hold space. Mm. She knows how to be magnetic. Let's ask her to do a seminar. So my friend says, they want us to do a seminar together. Like, cool. So that's a retreat, right? I've been putting on retreats and doing stuff like that, helping people with retreats for years, organizing stuff like that. I'm like, cool, let's do it. We'll do our own. It'll be awesome. So I set it up in a little sweet little valley in Wyoming, surrounded by mountains and this big, beautiful cabaness place on the river, all private with teepees. It's beautiful. Women come from all over the country. We got 17 women, so it was enough for it to go. I said, let's do this big, beautiful place. They were like, no, we don't want to spend the money. I said, I'm organizing. We're going to do it my way. And we just created this beautiful thing for these women. And we got enough interest that they thought they needed to send more than one shaman priestess. So that's at the point where I was elevated to the ability to meet the priestess. Shakuntali.
1: Oh, okay. It's a
2: great honor. At that point, she was priestess, and um, they stayed at my house. Uh, every time they come into Wyoming, they stayed at my home with their team, whoever was respectively traveling with them at the time, to do all their asking and calling and marketing and you know, all the things. Um, so it was, you fed them when they were at your house, you housed them, you gave up your house at the certain hours they needed it. They wanted to do individual sessions at your house. If you had the space group sessions, which I did cause I had my house set up so I could have my practice in it already. And so I think 45 days they stayed in my home in 2019. Oh wow. Oh,
0: wow. Long time. And what was the sense that you were getting of the organizational structure? Because it sounds like you kind of shot right to the top. You had the priestess showing up. Was there anyone above her or were there more people kind of at Diana's level?
2: Well, at that first seminar, I didn't know much about all of that. I was just really in awe that I had a shaman and a priestess staying at my house and I got to do things for them. What do you want me to do? Sure, I'll do it. This is awesome, you know? (laughs) They were really nice. Um, at that point, I was, all, I was like, cool, this is great. I wasn't totally vested in my field of love. I was still just kind of on the periphery and like, sure, I'll put this together for you kind of thing. Like, yeah, I made a little bit of money last time. I helped a lot of people. Cool, let's do it again. It wasn't really something that I was like <sighs> heart and soul into, you know, it was just kind of on the fringe. And then after the seminar, I was gifted by Shakuntali during the seminar, a session. That is when I had my first individual session of going deep and experiencing the meditation, hypnosis, subconscious work that happens there. And I I believe in that kind of work. Let me, let me say that. Like, I have seen that work in many different fields through many different practitioners to help people legitimately. And I also know that working within the subconscious mind is a very touchy thing, and it can cross the line of free will very easily. Mm. Is that what you feel happened so, here? I don't know if that necessarily happened early on, and I can't, I can't a hundred percent say that. Um, I can say that my mind was seriously fucked up after all of this, and going in in my work, in my personal work, I'm, I'm trained in a lot of ways to deprogram trauma, and doing that work on myself and working with people in my community that are also trained in different aspects of that work. Stuff was messed with up here. It was tampered with. Can I prove that? No. Sure. I can't prove that. Is that my experience of it? Absolutely. But
1: you do feel harmed Early by it. on,
2: at this point, then I didn't. Then I felt like it was absolutely beneficial and helping me face my shadow and kiss my monsters on the nose, mm-hmm. which I will say with all of this, this experience has made me a stronger person. It has made me a more transparent person. It has helped me learn how to communicate better and stand on my own two feet. Um, I have knocked fears off my bucket list more than I can count. I have faced parts of myself that I never thought I would be able to face. And I've been challenged a lot and I've grown a lot. Mm. I gained a lot from this experience. Yeah, It's one of those big lessons, right? So Yay. not
0: not completely a negative then.
2: No, not at all. There's a lot of positive and there's a lot of things from what I learned through my three years with this group that stick, like that stick into my practice as far as my daily do's go, you know, but that's stuff that comes from the ancient yogic traditions, that stuff that comes from the, you know, all of the different traditions that they kind of put in their melting pot for their purposes of putting this spiritual aspect out to the world. So there's a lot of value and a lot of truth to their teachings. Are they Siberian teachings? They come from all over the world in my experience of looking into it and having their entire class system handed to me in graduation in Cyprus, which is a whole nother part of this story.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so far, this sounds like uh, may- maybe like a few minor red flags, but everything was going okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty quickly, you rose the ranks and ended up being sort of almost like the right hand person to Shakuntali in the US, right?
2: Yeah. So I did that seminar and then they kept coming back to Cheyenne and I kept organizing a couple more seminars. I I don't know how many. I looked it up in my journal to make sure I remembered everything somewhat correctly before I wrote you guys my little thing. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But um, they came back to Wyoming and that's when I introduced Amy to Shakuntali. And it was a womb cleanse at the healing center. Passing out womb cleanses like freaking candy. We had the sparklingest wombs ever. <laughs> uh, now these womb
1: cleansings didn't involve any actual physical.
2: No, it's energetic, things. like okay. like using breath and <laughs> <sighs> and then like you know energetically putting the energy into rock or doing yoga movements to move the energy okay. in your body. There is no physical. Like you're fully clothed. It's it's all very appropriate. Got it. Um, yeah. I mean, my daughter was at the first seminar in, in Wyoming that I held. We had a couple of kids there. There was some weird stuff, but the kind of stuff you're like, ah, it's cultural, you know? That's a weird ritual. Huh. <laughs> Uh, (laughs)
0: Speaking of uh, cultural ties, Shakuntali is bringing her Siberian traditions and she's talking about spirits she's encountered there. What is that interaction there? Do do you ever consult with people from uh, indigenous populations?
2: (laughs) Well, the elders, the peace elders that I work with and that I train with in the North American medicine ways, you know, would ask me questions like, why doesn't she eat with you? Even the Dalai Lama does dishes, you know, because they've worked with the Dalai Lama and they've sat at the hands and right hands of some of the biggest peace elders in the planet. And they're like, you know, nobody in the circles have ever heard of these people, which, Mm. you know, was definitely a flag for me. But Ate um, also told me, if you feel this is a calling that you need to follow and you need to go down this path, then we honor and respect that. But there's a lot of questions coming up for us, you know. So when all of it came out and came full circle, you know, Ate and Unchi were kind of like. <laughs>
0: and who are Ate, Ate and
2: Unchi? Uh, they're my spiritual father and mother that um, teach me the earth medicine um, that I've been working with for a little over seven years now. Okay. Yeah.
1: So are they indigenous descendants? Yes. yes. You're nodding. Okay. Yeah. Okay. so So you're kind of shooting up the ranks pretty quickly here. You invite your friend Amy, you invite um, a lot of other people you know to come and do this work. Hundreds of people, okay. Uh,
2: Very many Um, over the years.
1: And when when would you say things started, in retrospect, when did things kind of turn bad?
2: Um, Things hit high octane um, after Amy started driving for them. And then the Kazakhstan trip was coming up. And um, Amy said she was going and... I was Mm. considering going and um, I went out to an event with my peace elders and felt like I got everything I needed spiritually. And and it was like the question of what if it's not for you, if it's for the world? And I was like, well, if it's for the world and if, you know, one of my best homegirls is going, then I guess we're going to Kazakhstan. Let's Mm -hmm. figure it out. So I had never left the country before. I had just gotten my passport like three months before that. Oh, and I wow. tell my my husband um and my daughter I am not going to be home for our anniversary honey cuz I'm going to go to Kazakhstan and we were my family and I were all going to leave the country for the first time together and then we didn't because I I went and we went to Kazakhstan and it was a freaking magical experience hmm. and I wouldn't trade it in for the world and I'm so glad I went but god Damn, there's some crazy shit going on in Kazakhstan, you guys. They tell you, you're not supposed to talk about it.
1: But we're going to.
2: I know.
0: That's
1: (laughs) (laughs) why i Okay, so maybe since this is where, Amy, you enter the picture, maybe we can hear a little bit from you about this trip to Kazakhstan and then chat with both of you. Um, And and, and
0: any other notes you have kind of about leading up to this that we were talking about? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, Amy, do you want to tell us about when you first heard about Chakuntali?
3: Ah, uh, yes, so I had heard about her. Amanda, and another friend were really quite constantly talking about the womb cleanse, and to be <laughs> quite frank, I was not interested at all I, in listening about it, in experiencing it. Just can we stop talking about the f and womb? but no, <laughs> we can't so so, I was at the healing center doing yoga, and there was a flyer for the upcoming womb cleanse. <laughs> And I've never had anything like this happen to me. But when I saw the picture of Shakuntali, it was like I got punched in the soul. Like I felt like I knew her and I had to see her. So I didn't care that it was a womb cleanse. I was going to go. And then when I met her, it was even more powerful. I literally felt like I had known her for lifetimes and like she had abandoned me here. Like, like, where have you been? Why did you leave me here? And where have you been? And um, again, I have never experienced anything remotely like that. And it was so intense and so powerful. So I did uh, right away, did a personal session with her with money I didn't really have. And then a couple of days later, she asked if I would drive them to Sedona. Her and her two helpers. So I did and helped them at their retreat in Sedona and came back home. And then maybe a month or so later, I'm not, I'm horrible with time as well. They asked me if I would come get them in Dallas and bring them to Denver and take them to California and if I would drive for them. And at the time I wasn't working and I had just started the process of a divorce and I didn't have anything else to do. And I felt like this was really important work. Like, like Amanda said, their, their whole goal was to help women find their predestination. What are you here for in the world? What are your special gifts, and how can you use them to be happy and to help others? God, what more do you want, right? So I did all this, and then when Kazakhstan came up, I, um, we went.
0: <laughs> you mentioned that there was a session with Shakuntale that you didn't quite have the money for. Do you, do you remember how much that was approximately?
3: Uh, $500. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And was when that you... also a Gayud?: Yeah, it was Gayud. Okay. Um, okay,
1: so we get to Kazakhstan. And what happens in Kazakhstan?
0: <laughs> they look at each other meaningfully.
3: <laughs> yes, right. Well, first of all, we were about
2: 58 hours of travel.
0: Wow. Jeez. Layovers. Where were you staying?
2: Yeah, you take that one. <laughs> <laughs> this is Amanda. Um, We had a layover at JFK, and we we knew that we had enough time and wanted to go out into Brooklyn. I want to go see something? So we went. Oh to yeah, the, Brooklyn's great. It was so cool. So we took a cab from the airport and then went to the Botanic Gardens, and we met an angel there who I swear she doesn't really exist. <laughs> um CC the Angel she was a <laughs> blind lady that was working at the botanic gardens that instantly like knew our soul and what we were about and just had one of those like goosebump like raising experiences when you met her where you're just like wow and she talked to us and we did the thing at the garden met amazing women had an awesome prayer in the way that we were praying with them and It was just all synchronistic, and then the blind woman took us to the subway to show us how to get back. It was just magical. It was one of the most magical experiences of my entire life. So that was our layover, and then we went to Moscow. That airport's terrible. (laughs) From there, yeah, we went to Nursultan is where we landed in Kazakhstan, which is Astana, is the capital. But the funny thing is about Kazakhstan, again, research before you go. We flew halfway around the world, and they didn't tell us where we were going. (laughs) Like, what town. You knew you were going
1: to Kazakhstan, right? We knew we were
2: going to Kazakhstan, and we knew we were landing in Nur Sultan, and we knew we were getting picked up by a bus to go somewhere. Okay. And that's it. Didn't know what town. And, in fact, here's another interesting thing about these tours. When you get to the airport to get on the bus, you got to take off your location
0: oh on meaning your on your well, phone
2: because yes because shamanism is illegal in that area right and they don't mm-hmm. want them to be able to track us because they could get in trouble and, and you're not allowed to say when you go across borders that you're there for a shamanic retreat you have to tell them you're there for tourism oh wow
1: mm. okay
2: so you're not told where you're going but you're told what to say to border control oh i don't think i was supposed to say that
1: no one's listening so uh, tourism also that just seems like I don't know that's that's not a normal way to talk if like a border guard asks you what you're doing you're like I am a tourist
2: I'm here for tourism
1: (laughs) right yeah how did they react to that Okay. <laughs> oh. oh, okay.
0: And it's this group telling you that you need to turn off your location tracking and you need to not tell people about the shamanism thing. Is that information all coming from them or do you suspect that maybe they had some other reason for asking you to have a cover story?
2: Um that that's when you sign up for the tour that's part of your welcome letter. Okay. They well, specifically ask you these things. Yeah, right. they
3: don't This is Amy. They don't want the uh the police there, the, the feds there, whatever, to know what they're doing. Yes. That's here, too. The, the places I booked them and found for them here when we were looking for places to do outdoors to do rituals, you don't say that. Mm. We're, we're here to go for a hike. Where can we go for a hike? Where can 30 women go for a hike with a big empty <laughs> field and no one to bother us for hiking? Did which, you?
2: <laughs> you know, and which I don't know this country. I don't know the politics of this country. They could be burning witches here still for all I know. You know what sure. I mean? And that's the the mindset that you're in when you go there. You're going to do this ancient sacred ritual and these people have been persecuted in this country. So we want you to turn your location device off. Right. So right. In hindsight, the, uh, you're looking at it just, like, whoa. But in the moment it's like, Yeah, okay, sure. I'm on this adventure, you know, I don't need to talk to anybody. Okay. You know. So you get on the bus, we drive for four four and a half, almost five hours. We get to where we're supposed to be staying, and uh, there's already 75 women there. We're 150 women deep from 22 countries, I think, for this um, international seminar. And we get there. There's already 75 women there that have arrived early. We have our 75 on the bus, and there's nowhere for us to go. We don't have a spot to stay. Something happened. The communication didn't work out. So we have everybody's luggage in a tiny little room. 50 hours of travel where all everybody's exhausted traveling from all different parts of the world. None of us speak the same language. So it's literally like a bunch of clucking chickens and nobody knows what the F is going on. Nobody knows who's in charge. Nobody knows nothing. And we're just like in the middle of this weird country, have no idea what's going on we are like, let's go for a hike. So we got <laughs> like into a room. That's later why we're that, here. <laughs> yeah. We got into a room finally, which was amazing. After we hauled our luggage uphill for a good minute, it was a lot. And went for a hike. And went for a hike <laughs> and got completely torrentially rained on during our hike. And so all of the women had to change clothes in this room with their luggage, with nowhere to stand. Let's get to know each other. <laughs> and it it's was, like a
1: hundred of you? Yeah.
2: Goodness, okay. It was, you know, it was very well organized. Uh, I don't do my (laughs) retreats like that. (laughs) So we got into a room and we got settled in and we were all like super excited and they come, by the way, in the morning we moved to a different room. Okay. And then it was just waiting around for hours until somebody held up a key and you could freaking get in a room. It was. uh, I try to go without expectations into anything, but you would think... After paying the money to go over there and the plane tickets and everything that you'd at least know where you were going to sleep, you know, but that's For not sure. the case. And actually, um, that's a big part of how they work their their program to keep you kind of off tilt.
3: Mm. Oh, it's absolutely on purpose.
0: A li- I've traveled li- with them bounds, enough to know
3: confused. that it's absolutely on purpose. They make people wait on purpose. They tell people one thing and then do another thing. They change times. They do all that. So, the spirits say, my dear, the spirits say, we are not ready. The people, they are not ready. They have not given enough sacrifice. They don't believe enough.
2: We must wait. And, and it, it's to mess with your head. And so, yeah. Or then and they, they throw in, and now, because spirits say we're not ready, we have opportunity for another wonderful ritual to help us get ready for only sacrifice of $100. Who would like oh, to be man. ready?
0: And I, I noticed immediately when either of you start using that voice, you also bring your hands forward and start making very active <laughs> gestures. They teach Look. you
2: that. It's so funny. Before we were deep, we would sit around a joke. We would do it just to be funny because we like to. We like to do that. And uh, and it's a lot to make fun of. Honestly, it's kind of hilarious because all of the women, no matter where they are from, they all speak this way. I'm like, is this Russian accent? Is this? I do not know. It kind of sounds like Russian on Duolingo. <laughs> 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 the accent, I mean. I, the words are real. I've been trying to learn. I'm not so much anymore. <laughs> I was trying. I thought might be good, but not now. So uh, we would joke about, I wonder if they have like a training program for that. And then I got invited to Cyprus with Global Spirit School to be trained to be a charity leader in the United States. (laughs) Sure as shit! (laughs)
1: They They teach you to talk that
2: way. They have a training program for that. They have YouTube videos, endless, that you have to watch every week to teach you the right way to communicate with the people to get them to want to support spirit.
1: And so, if you did those things, but you delivered them in your American accent, would they say no, no, no? You need to do
2: it in this accent. No, no. But it's near impossible to not do it in it's the just,
0: accent. It's just okay. osmosis after a certain. It's point.
2: osmosis and it's good.
1: Okay, so you're pointing at your head, so you feel like she kind of got in there with the. the you
2: know, good if you're like, if you hang out with somebody from Texas, you're gonna start talking sure. with an accent. You hang out with somebody with this. This accent, you start talking with this accent, and it's all the time, nonstop, all day, every day, from early in the morning, exercises, practices, you do not do enough practices. Pray, practice, pray, practice, run, pray, do more. <laughs>
0: She's cleansing her womb right now, I think.
2: do <laughs> more, be stronger with spirit, it is never enough, I'm dizzy. <laughs> That's the goal. Uh,
3: Good. So it makes okay. it's like
2: spiritual boot camp, especially in Cyprus. Jesus Christ. Okay, oh, so man. I
1: I don't want to uh, mix my trips up too much. So while we're still in Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan. in the the cramped room, <laughs> uh, is this where you went on the pilgrimage to the pyramid?
3: This is Amy. Yes, we did. Uh, we had many rituals and hikes and different things in the mountains of Kazakhstan, which are remarkably. They're remarkably beautiful, but they're remarkably similar to the mountains of Colorado, to the Rocky Mountains. It's really interesting. Mm.
0: Interesting. Mm.
3: Maybe some, they just took difference. the
1: plane up and
2: landed right back down in Colorado. And just brought
3: a whole bunch of Kazakhstan people with them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Touche. <laughs> okay, this is Amanda. <laughs> it, it's geographically, it's uncanny how much it's like Vu too, just west of Cheyenne in, in northeastern Wyoming. It's like... Granite, huge granite rock formations and coniferous trees and the medicine plants are the same. The yarrow, the sage, the Russian mm. olives, um, echinacea. Like I, I knew a lot of the plants that were growing there because I know how to wild harvest in Wyoming. And it oh, was right. I was like I went halfway around the world and I landed where I started. <laughs> in I the like, exact I same ecological climate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. OK, go ahead. I just had to put that in there. This is Amy. <laughs> One of the uh,
3: defining factors were the weird red squirrels. Oh, ooh! I was fascinated because it was my secret obsession to get Shakuntali to say the word squirrel as often as possible. Squirrel, because squirrel, because <laughs> with a Russian accent, it's funny. Anyway, <laughs> that, okay. So the, anyway, so, anyway, to the so the So anyway, so the So we're going to the pyramid. Sorry, oh, focus. Boy. We have a busload of women, and we're on the way to the pyramids. And then, oops, we're just not prepared. The women aren't ready. The spirits say no. So we stop at this weird place in the middle of the woods and hike around and do a bunch of rituals and do more rituals. And still, we're not ready. Still, we're not ready. More rituals. What um, kind one- of rituals? <laughs> Let's see. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, are did, we burning a we, goat? or
3: just No, like there, was any, and stuff. there was never any There was
2: <laughs> never any sacrifice. Um, we did a uh, very important ritual uh, throw pine cone. Onto tree, see how many <laughs> times you can hit it. Oh. We did. To, to focus on your goals. Uh, to goals, yes, focus on your goals. We did um, oh, a, a, a psychic um, connection ritual where coins, we all stood in a circle and you pass coins around and the person in the middle has to sense where they are. Um, we did a lot of games, like a lot of the way that they teach is through games through play. So teaching you how to respond to unforeseen circumstances or teaching you how to trust your intuition mm. or oh my God, there's this one game that we play with a squirrel, a house and a earthquake. 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 Yeah. And a squirrel. <laughs> and you um you know everybody like you have to run around and two people build a house and one person is the squirrel and then it's either a flood or an earthquake. And depending on what natural disaster it is, everybody has to scramble and either find a new house or rebuild. So the games teach you how to act and think on your feet, right? There's value to this stuff. This is stuff that you would do in, like, Montessori school. and Right, it, it's yeah, good. it sounds a lot like,
1: like drama class in high school.
2: Yeah, so that and then I don't – We did a big one with Isla.
3: It's and we weird. did a bunch of
2: exercises like literal calisthenics Yeah, mm. um, oh, that's useful I, I don't really have recollection of the rituals that day except for once we got to the house of power now that I'm oh, okay. thinking about it I, I can't remember the rituals that we yeah. did that day I know that there was a time management piece when we were like four hours late for what we were supposed to do it was a good time to send Diana to talk about the power of the spirits and time management and how none of us were ready um, Oh my God. it was like actually probably the busted didn't show up because they were having transportation trouble the entire time we were there. <laughs> okay. Well, I think I get a general picture yeah.
1: of the rituals. So you're doing that on your way to?
3: We're in – we're just out in the woods, some random in the place. the middle of nowhere. Doing this stuff. And they kept saying it's almost time and then there'd be more. And then at one point they gathered us all together after a meditation and said – Oh, there is, there's, the spirits are angry. There's a big problem. We've got to move you. We've got to move your hotel rooms while, while you're gone. Yeah. So you need to turn in your keys. This is the ritual. You need to turn in your keys so that they can get into your rooms and pack up your stuff and leave your rooms. And of course, a good deal of the women lost their damn minds. For me, I kind of figured it was bullshit, to be quite honest. I thought it was like a test. And, and frankly, I didn't really carefully move my stuff, but it freaked a lot of people out and it did definitely create
2: weird. So we turned in all of our stuff Mm. and and everybody works through that. (laughs) But wait, there's more to that. So first they ask us for our keys because we might not be in the place. Are you you prepared for nothing to be the same after this? No. That's the question. (laughs) Then show us your faith and give us your key. Oh, wow. And then, now my dears, (laughs) my dear beautiful souls, are you ready for the pyramid? Mm. Yes. But first... Please take out your devices. Please make sure that your device's location is turned off. And also please put your device on airplane mode and then power down your device. Hmm. Very good, everyone. Wonderful souls. So brave. Uh. Now please put your device in the box.
0: Oh, goodness. That has every warning flag.
2: (laughs) But you're in the middle of the woods. Yeah. You don't know what city you're in. You're exhausted. All you've had to eat in that day is a little bag with a banana, two pieces of bread and cheese, and a bottle of freaking water in it. After doing calisthenics outside in the hot sun, in the woods all day, being told you're going to go here, being told no, being told you're going to go here, focus on your goals, work on your psychic place, do all these things. Now give us every security you have. What are you going to do? No. Where are you going to go? I don't right. fucking know. Right. You don't even know right. where you are. You're in a country. You don't know the language. You can't read the signs. The you bus have your is pass, gone. The bus is gone. What are you yeah. going to do? You're yeah. going to give them your phone and your key and you're going to go on the expedition is what you're going to do. Happy about it or not. Oh, my goodness. Right, right. You don't have a choice at that point.
1: Right. Yeah. These so red we, flags are easy to see in hindsight, I'm sure.
2: Oh, yeah. In hindsight, is like, duh. But again, <laughs> you're in the experience and yeah. you're in faith. Right. Yeah, because right. you're with people yeah. that you trust that are supposed to be spiritual leaders. OK. Right. You're with the hereditary white shaman of Siberia, Ayla. You're with these highest ranking people of this charity in the world. Right. right. So you're like, well, I guess it sounds stupid, but I don't know what else to do. Sure.
0: I'm just okay. curious, are, are any of the leaders, Isla, Shakuntali, is anybody like kind of kept separate from everyone else or are you truly all like in the same conditions?
2: Okay, so they stayed in my house for 45 days. I'm sure Amy has a lot to share about this traveling with them too. My experience as a host, Shakuntali doesn't come out of the room unless there is a session. Or unless she's leaving to go somewhere. On a rare occasion when they were snowed in in Wyoming and we couldn't do any events, she came out and hung out with me and we would make music.
3: Mm. Otherwise,
2: it was 45 days in my home. She spoke to my husband, process of being an ex-husband, once. Oh, wow.
0: Wow. Okay.
2: All she said to him was... Goodbye, the last time she left. That's Whoa. pretty much all she ever said to him.
1: So she claims that she only sleeps two to four hours a night. What do you make of that?
2: Well, she spends a lot of time in the room. She's in the room almost 24 hours a day. Mm. I don't know what she does in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't come out to eat with us. She doesn't participate in any way. It's it's the power, and the power is to be protected.
1: And so were you? did you just know Like, you don't knock on the door, you don't interrupt her?
2: Yeah, and I'm kind of a stubborn ass, so sometimes I would anyway. Uh-huh. Over-invite her to eat with us and stuff for a while, because I'm like, this bullshit. Like, if you're going to be in my house again, you got to sit down at my table. No, she and- never did.
1: <laughs> and would she be awake when you knocked on her door?
2: Most times she wouldn't even answer. You have to go through the powers, helpers, to only the helpers will have the door answered, and you... So they they send a message like, okay, I'm the organizer. I send a message to the helper. The helper on the divine phone sends a message to Shakuntali, <laughs> which Shakuntali divine will reply phone. to the helper, and the helper will reply to the organizer. It's very much hierarchical. Okay, gotcha. Wow. Okay. Amy um, has a lot to say about this, I think. Uh,
3: this is Amy. Yes, I think, I mean, it's similar to Amanda that she's in her room, so you don't necessarily see. But I did notice in living in the same house... That her lights were on and she was moving around most hours of the day and night. Mm-hmm. Okay, but do I know how much sleep she had? No, I know when we would have long car rides where well, she was awake and you know with everybody else and sure. But I, yeah, I don't know. Okay. There's no way. There's no way to really know that for sure.
2: Yeah, fair enough. Sorry. I just wanted to add to this real quick. Um, when I was doing my deeper training towards the end. Um, There were certain videos that we were prompted to watch and train on that were to teach about lucid sleeping, sleeping, sitting up, going into that deep meditative space instead of sleeping. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was part of the teaching I was just starting to touch on. I would stand to reason that it goes deeper.
1: Yeah, I was wondering about that because we've talked to a few people from a few different groups who basically their leaders don't sleep very much, but they're also kind of walking through life in sort of a half sleep Mm -hmm. I wonder if there's a little bit Mm -hmm. of that going on here. Mm
3: -hmm. This is Amy. I do know traveling with them, I needed a lot less sleep. Mm. I can't explain it, but I slept a lot less and didn't miss it most Mm. of the time.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Hey, Carrie.
1: Ross. Ross, is it? Yeah. Kind of in the middle of a conversation.
0: I I know, but just I wanted wanted to talk to you about shoes.
1: Uh, Okay, sorry. Hang on, Amy and Amanda, I need to- Talk to Ross about shoes. What's up,
0: you, Ross? Okay, you didn't have to tell them it was about shoes. But you know what? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not ashamed of that. I, I just wanted to tell you about Rothy's. They're so great.
1: Uh, well, okay. You know what? Hang on, gals, because this is my favorite topic, is shoes. Okay?
0: See? This yeah. is important. Um, These are important issues.
1: Yeah. Oh, nice. I love Rothy's shoes. I really do. They're made of water bottles, Ross.
0: Mm-hmm. They're made of <laughs> stinking
1: water bottles. They're shoes. <laughs> that's the best
0: way to summarize them. Uh-huh. They're
1: shoes, but they're they made are. out of water bottles. Now, you might be picturing something very ugly and bad, but they're attractive, beautiful, shoes that they they break down the water bottles okay it's not just like they cut open a hole in a water bottle and you put your foot in it it's like they break down the water bottle they make it into a fiber they take that fiber they weave it into this really pretty shoe and it's it's very like pliable like it's not it's not Mm -hmm. stiff it doesn't want to cut your feet
0: like the holes cut out of the plastic bottles would
1: (laughs) Can you imagine?
0: No, uh, This is a refined product. Yeah, and my wife loves them. In fact, she oh, packed yeah. up last night, and she left this morning, and she took her Rothy's with her.
1: And nothing else.
0: No, she did pack other okay, stuff, that's but better as far packing. as shoes go, she brought her Rothy's. Okay, now, good. she's going to visit her sister, just in case anyone's worried.
3: <laughs> that would be a <laughs> great
1: way to drop that you're getting a divorce, though. My wife <laughs> packed up last night, and she brought her Rothy's shoes, <laughs> and she's leaving me.
0: I thought some people might get that impression, so I just wanted to clarify.
1: You never know. I love my Rothy shoes. Mine are really cute. They're green. They have this gold star on them. And now they have Mm -hmm. sneakers. They've really widened out their... Of shoes. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, they've got sneakers. They've got bags as well. So it's not oh, just that's shoes. Right. And all of it is environmentally conscious. You're helping a lot of things. So uh, you can check out all the amazing shoes and bags available right now at Rothys.com slash oh no. That's Rothys.com R O T H Y S dot com slash O no. O H N O.
1: Don't accidentally go to rossies.com. because it's... That's not it.
0: That'll be the wrong place. I don't know what's there. I'm not checking.
1: I'm not checking either. But if I were going to buy that domain and make a website about Ross and call it rossies.com, you Mm -hmm. know where I would try at least to buy that domain?
0: Well, I... The sensible thing to do would be to go to squarespace.com and buy the domain there.
1: That is exactly what I was thinking. You know. I know. Squarespace is my favorite place to build a website and to build it freaking beautiful because they have a range of beautiful websites. Uh, I've used them myself. I made my wedding website there, and then I had to put my wedding on hold because of the COVID-19 outbreak. And I'll use any opportunity to talk about it. And now it's down for maintenance. But I disavow any connection to Shakuntali, Siberia, in my wedding.
0: That joke will make sense at the end of this episode, by the
1: way. Oh, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) You'll get it. Uh, So anyway, it's a great place to make a website and you can buy a bunch of different domains there. So I don't know if Rossi's.com is actually available, but it's worth a shot.
0: We're not going to check, but we'll let you check. And if it's available, I guess you can make a website devoted to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'll take that. I don't know how I feel about that. I had a teacher who called me Rossi to get on my nerves.
1: Oh, wow. Not even that. That's a weird thing. Like, did she know it would get on your
0: nerves? Oh, yeah. I asked her not to call me that, but she would call me that. Mrs. Roth, eighth grade, English.
1: Her name was Roth. And your Roth. name is Ross. Yes, yeah. and she—I
0: should have called her Mrs. Rothy's.
1: Yeah, you know what? I bet she started the shoe company. Well, at least she's turning her life around. She's doing something ethical.
0: But it and- doesn't matter what you do. You can be an English teacher. You can be an athlete, a nutritionist, maybe you're a creative consultant, maybe you're an agency, maybe you're a venue. You can create a website with Squarespace.com. Try out the tools, see how you like it, find out just how intuitive and professional it is, and then then you actually make the purchase and get your domain name.
1: Yeah, yeah, you get to kind of go through and check everything, make sure you like it before you commit, which is very, very nice, and a lot of places don't do that. You can blog or publish your content. You can promote your physical business. You can announce an upcoming event, say a wedding that you had to postpone, uh, or a special project and more.
0: You can make your dream a reality. And remember, a dream is just a great idea that doesn't have a website yet. Make it a reality with Squarespace.
1: And Squarespace gives you access to beautiful templates created by world-class designers. And, mm-hmm. Ross, we are talking award-winning shit here. And you might be thinking, well, wait, what award? What award did Squarespace win? I'm a Ross and Carrie listener.
0: Yeah, I heard their customer service won an award, and so I demand to know which.
1: I need to know which award. award. I have thought that the customer so many times. service one. <laughs> While well, reading this copy, I have thought it many times, like, "Oh, I really should check what the award is." Finally, someone wrote in and was like, "What's the award?" And <laughs> this
0: is the kind of journalism we expect from you.
1: <laughs> and Ross, you went and looked.
0: Squarespace customer support has, for many years, won silver, bronze, gold Stevie's. That's right. Ugh. At the American Business Awards Customer Service Awards.
1: Ooh, wow. So okay. there you go.
0: Plus, they have the powerful e commerce functionality. And a new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions. So
1: check out Squarespace.com ono for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code ONO oh to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain.
0: And I know, Carrie, you're excited to get back to our interview with Amanda and Amy. I know, you know I am. not
1: really. Can we talk about shoes again? You know,
0: I'm excited about shoes, but I'm also excited shoes. about high-quality bags, pouches, Whoa. and masks in oh, fun absolutely. and colorful prints for which you want to visit thetragicwhale.com. That's right. This is a Jumbotron, Carrie.
1: Oh, no wonder. That's why you're reading off of that enormous screen.
0: You can see like my whole living room is lit up.
1: <laughs> That's uh, what did it. <laughs> good job. Okay, now I think I can make out what it says on the screen through mm-hmm. Zoom, which we're using to record this. So I believe- I'll try to
0: hold this as steady as possible. Okay,
1: thank you. Let's see. The, uh, the writer, the author of this Jumbotron says- It's my third wedding anniversary, so I'm buying my wife, Carrie, a Jumbotron for her business, the Tragic Whale. Carrie?
0: Yeah, though it's a K-E-R-R-Y like John Kerry.
1: It's okay. That's fine.
0: She designs really fun and colorful fabrics and sews high quality bags and pouches and now masks.
1: Ah, oh, love it. She's coming up on 10 years of doing this. Oh, she oh, must wow. have started right around when we started.
0: Yeah. And due to COVID, is in the process of shifting from largely in-person sales to online.
1: All right. I'm going to check it out right now. TheTragicWhale.com. Ah, oh, look at Carrie. She's so cute. <laughs> I'm in. I'm gonna get some of this stuff. I... There are owl patches. She has owl
0: designs
1: <gasps> and That's chickens. Amazing. This is legit, really good. I have to Pencil go shop bags, now.
0: Flat bottom bags. Ooh, they make <sighs> the rock and world go round.
1: This is. <laughs> well, Amy and Amanda, I know we are knee deep in a very personal, involved story, so I will turn my attention to you and come back to shopping in a minute.
3: Okay, so we're almost to the pyramid. Oh boy. Um so we 've given up our devices we 've given up our keys we 're so ready we've we've done all the sacrifices, and we get back on the bus, drive a bunch more, pull into this weird, big kind of old brick warehouse with a huge fence, like a prison fence, and we sit in the bus for a while, then they get us out, line us all up they're armed guards it 's really intense uh we 're in the kind of in the woods, kind of on the on the edge of town. they line us all up tell us we need to be completely quiet, look straight ahead, and start walking. And so there's this line of 100 women marching through this weird forest with an enormous prison fence on one side. And at every once in a while we'd stop and have to be quiet and still. And I don't know, maybe we walked for maybe 20 minutes, I don't know. Then we kind of came up out of the woods and we're on this hill and you could see the town below. And you could see this uh, metal corrugated fence with a hole cut in it and armed guards and we walked through the hole in the fence there were yurts on one side some buildings on the other side and then big stretches of picnic tables out under kind of some coverings and they lined us all up at the picnic tables and gave us food and shamanic tea no water just tea
2: this is amanda before we ever got to food when we got in there There's the buildings to the right, there's the yurts to the left, there's a pyramid to the left that's built out of like a log cabin, but with a perfect pyramid on the top, Mm. it's like two-story high. So you go thinking you're going, I don't know, I thought I was going to ruins, but we're going to this constructed pyramid again, I should have researched, not that I would have found anything. And then there's this big, like, think Adams family house, but really high-end, like really nice, okay? Cool. Big old Russian mansion we get led into these rooms that are on the side. And there's three rooms. They bring about 50 of us into one room. There's nothing in these rooms, but one antique painting on the wall in each room and a bed, random. And they say, these are the gateways and the spirits of these paintings. There's three rooms, three paintings. Each of the women will choose which one calls to you. And you will sit and it received the energy from this painting for 15 minutes before you are permitted to go into the rest of the area, right? It was very okay. specific. So every woman went into whatever room. I walked through the first room, nothing. Walked into the second room, it was like, whoa, goosebumps, and it hit my chest. Walked into the third room, nothing. I'm like, okay, the second room's for me. Hmm. Myself and one other gal were the only two that went into that room out of all fifty women, and it was essentially the portal of the Amazons, um, which is kind of funny because mm. I'm a six foot two white girl, so oh. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> what does um, <is> the uh,
0: <laughs> what does the painting look like?
2: It was like a fjord and uh, like a tall ship. It was kind of Viking esque, you know.
0: Mm. About how big was it? They were big. Okay, you're oh, they were. Wow. I you're mean, showing think, us your wingspan.
2: Yeah, think <laughs> antique museum quality framing oil paintings like these are these are high dollar paintings I can tell you that I don't know a lot about it so the paintings had to connect with you before you could get in they were objects of power okay they were okay. they were imbued with spirit and then we went to have lecture outside of the yurts because we were going to go into the yurts for ritual and we sat in lecture for quite some time and then Diana says oh now spirits say that before we feed our spiritual self we will feed our physical bodies please my dears come over to the tables oh and Phew. you're thinking finally yeah yeah we're going to get I... into the year and and we're like oh, food yay so we yeah. get over to the table i was going
0: to eat a squirrel
2: yeah you know we had little things that were prepackaged for us and everything and they got all the food handed out and at the time you're so hungry i didn't even we i didn't even think about it i wanted tea i wanted water whatever cuz they hadn't mm-hmm. given us water really, after the woods. Like they've provided water throughout the day a little bit, but not, not enough. So they hand out water and tea to every, or not water and tea. They did not offer us water for the meal. They only offered us tea and food. And it's like dusk and we eat our food and we drink our tea. And then it's time to go into the yurts. And we did deep ritual in the yurts. By deep ritual, I mean a lot of shamanic drumming, a lot of singing, chanting, repetitive chanting, because that puts you into that... That neuroplasticity, that that shamanic journey state where you can go into the other layers of existence, which is all legit. Like shamanic drumming has been happening since the dawn of time. It works. It's real. So we did a lot of really intense, heavy ritual, danced up, down, reaching, singing, dancing, moving in circles, doing steps. It's dark in there. It's a traditional yurt. So there's animal remains all over. And it's beautiful, mm. beautiful, beautiful, beautiful yurt. The floor was so cool. It was like terracotta tiles that they had made, you know, Mm. and laid in the floor. Like it was the craftsmanship of this place was amazing. And
0: about how many women were in each yurt?
2: 75. Oh. Okay. So there were just two yurts then. Um, We went in shifts. We were the last group to go through the whole process. The first group came before us. We were the ones that got stuck in the woods all damn day waiting. They got to go a little bit earlier. Mm. But Uh, these yurts
0: are pretty big then.
2: Yeah, they're they're large yurts,
3: yeah. Sorry, this is Amy. There were, I don't know, three or four yurts, but they sh- did us in shifts where they took half
2: the group. Yep. I'd forgotten about that. Yep. They took half the group first through the yurts, through the pyramid, all the things, and yep. then took the other half. So this is Amanda. So we've been through the ritual. Just being that tired itself after the whole day and going into the yurts and having these unknown experiences is going to put you into an alternate state. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. going to yeah. alter your state. Interesting. Once we went into the pyramid, you know, we go into the pyramid, they give you an object of power, they receive you as you come in, they give you an object of power and you go up to the pyramid, you get into the pyramid, there's an apprentice shaman, they're in full Siberian shamanic robe, full costume. And just om om, 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 to raise the vibration. And then they had us bring pictures of all of our loved ones because of Field of Love. You put your family's mm-hmm. photos in the middle and you pray for them. It's a very beautiful prayer. It really is. So all of 150 women's pictures of our family is spread around the edges of this pyramid. So we're received by our loved ones, right? Mm-hmm. And we go in and go in to do the pyramid ritual. and. And this is my interesting firsthand perspective. Um, Looking back, I do a lot of this work. I've done a lot of this work for years with other teachings. And so my stamina in this work is high. Like I have a lot of physical endurance. I have a lot of spiritual endurance. I am kind of a junkie about it. Like I get off on that like really high that you get from that kind of stuff. Mm. And... um, (laughs) I was the only woman in the pyramid that stayed awake. Mm. Every other woman oh, was wow. on the floor sleeping.
1: Now, you I think you mentioned to me previously that you had had plant medicine experience as well.
2: Um, yes. Yeah. Some, so
1: did yeah. this remind you of that at all?
2: Yeah, very. I would say if I was to like, I, I can't really make it akin to any other plant medicine that I've experienced. But it it was very organic, like in the the euphoria that was created and kind of... You know, just the sparkle that shows up when you're when you're in an altered state. Um, So it wasn't like it didn't feel hallucinogenic in the sense that, you know, you're going like on a journey like that. But it felt like um, it it just sedated us.
0: But these effects are all from the exhaustion and from the ritual, not from something they slipped in the tea.
2: And, you know, it could be some herbs that they put in. I mean, there's tons of herbs. There's valerian. There's chamomile. There's, you know, there's all kinds of herbs that we can take to calm our parasympathetic nervous system, to slow our system down, to to lessen anxiety, to lessen stress. You know, it could very well be a strong blend of those herbs that just help calm you the F down, you know, I or something. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of herbs that could do that. And they work with herbs. You know, that's part of their medicine is that tradition of working with plants and plant medicine, not necessary hallucinogens. They don't, they don't encourage use of plant medicine. They highly encourage sobriety. So,
1: okay. Okay. But it does seem like a situation that would be ripe for that kind of manipulation if everybody is starving and thirsty and all you have is this tea.
2: Yeah. And like, honestly, I thought it was really weird that I was the only person standing on my feet in the pyramid. But at the same time, that's not really weird because I'm that girl.
0: So <laughs> they're like, oh, she's six foot two. We should have given her more tea.
2: Well, it was it was funny when they were like, OK, now, my dears, it's time to get up because I was standing in the pyramid dancing. I was like, ah, you know, waving my arms around. I was having a real good time. And uh, and Latamira, one of the one of the shaman women, she comes up the stairs and I'm standing there like. Ah, and she just walks up as she Okay, my dears, it is time for everybody to wake up. (laughs) Come, my dear. (laughs) Right after that, I came down the stairs and Latamira said that God would bless me very much to have a helper like you come with me to Mexico.
0: Ah, It's nice to hear.
2: It was nice to hear. (laughs) And then she gave me an object of power.
0: Oh, another object of power.
2: These objects of power. Oh, let me tell you, I had a bunch to get rid of when I left.
0: Uh, I was going to ask because you kept referring to the first object of power in the were past many. tense.
2: They're all in the past tense, almost. Don't I kept <laughs> my biggest sacrifice. My shamanic drum.
0: Was it because you no longer wanted to be connected with them and that experience and their energy? Or was it yes. something where they said, you better give that back now that you're no, leaving?
2: No, it was my conscious choice to release the cords and the energy and the intentions connected and weaved into what those objects represent. Gotcha.
0: Can you describe this object that you received at that moment?
2: Yes, it was um, a little laser-carved wood sun. And it had a very mesa-like, like like the mesa yoke that represents the four cardinal directions and above, below, Mm -hmm. etched in the center of it. And it was very synchronistic. Um, I'm a Reiki master teacher. I work with symbols um, on very many degrees. And it was interesting that the symbol that was within that piece matched one of the symbols that is within one of the the reiki lineages that i study that also represents something very important to me in like the whole totality of the wheel the whole medicine wheel Mm. so it was very synchronistic that she offered me that and i was like yes i'll come to mexico with you like the study with latimira like oh my god dream come true so at this time i believed in what they were doing
1: Now, while you guys were at this, on this particular trip, did you tell me that someone disappeared? You both Um, look at each other. Back at each other, still looking. Yes.
3: uh, Someone left the group. This is Amy. Someone did leave the group and it was kind of odd. We did remember, you found a picture Mm -hmm. and we remembered it was the day of the pyramid after the woods and she wasn't on the bus anymore. And when we asked about her, what did they tell you?
2: They what said, they don't worry about her. She is fine. I won't use her name. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and then she was never seen again.
3: Oh, no. So now it's possible she just went F this because she was, a little, she bit, was, she was a little bit like this is weird and I'm not, you know. So she might have just went no or sure. she might have said I won't give my keys and they said then you can go. There, you know, there's all kinds of things that couldn't happen that could have happened. We don't
2: know.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: I know that she was there one day and then she wasn't there anymore. And she was there. She was the only woman from her country there. She traveled alone. Oh, no. Mm. So she was isolated, I guess. We befriended her right away because she was by herself. Mm. And she was tall. And she also, this is Amy. (laughs) (laughs) She also traveled before
3: on the way to Kazakhstan and had planned to travel after. So she had a big gap of time. Where no one was expecting her. Now, again, I'm not, I don't know that that means anything. She, again, she might have just went F
2: this and gone on her way and But kept you traveling. weren't
0: exchanging contact information. But there was, but she,
2: we were. <laughs> this is Amanda. It, we are strictly forbidden to exchange contact information unless we've asked the power for its approval to see if it matches with our spiritual destiny.
1: And the power, I'm guessing, communicates through Shakuntali?
2: Shakuntali is the power. She's the oh, one she that they ask the for power. that,
1: in that cool. regard.
2: But there's more above her in the hierarchy,
1: right? Okay, yeah. Let's talk about that I a little bit. So she has a guru herself.
2: Yes, master. A master. Pardon me. No, um, his, they call him master. This is Amanda Kalki, the great white shaman, He's and, the guru,
1: and he is Konstantin Rujnev.
3: Yes, yes. And I, she. Ha, the only thing she has ever said, never specifically about him being in prison. She has said that there are people in that country that are in prison for teaching yoga. And mm. so I'm sure that's what she was alluding to that mm. because he'd had a yoga school and that was part of his whole front.
0: And he lived <laughs> in Siberia?
3: Yes. I'm trying to remember the town and I cannot right now. Is it
2: Altai? His
1: mm-hmm. um his arrest I think was in Moscow. Was it? Yes, I
3: think you're right. That that okay. sounds right.
0: What does he just uh, visually look like? When you see him,
3: you know, um, that's funny that you say that. There is a kind of a digitized picture of him as master, and he looks older and wise and sweet and kind eyes and all the things. And when you see him, you feel things and it's whatever. But then, which is part of why when I first looked into this, I didn't believe it. When you see the actual guy, he's much younger. They say that he's – they never give his age, but they intimate that he's got to be at least like 70 or something, when he's like 49 hmm. maybe. So when you look at the, his real-life pictures, it's much, much younger. And the, the way that I was able to identify him is by his voice. They had given us meditations with Master's voice as a gift. Ah. Mm. And then there were, was some video online of this gentleman, and his voice is so distinct.
0: So he's still revered within the group. and they Oh, feel yes. Oh, funny. they don't talk
3: about him being in prison. They talk about him being this old man that he's not. And, and he's master and all the things. Yeah. There's whole books about his life story.
1: Mm. And then she would go off to the university and tutor psychology. <laughs> and come back.
0: <laughs> <All> right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> apparently. Now,
0: speaking of ages not being quite what they appear to be, she regularly makes the claim that she's sort of frozen at Nineteen twenty. It seems like she says different ages. Uh, did she say that around you? And how did you feel about that claim?
3: Uh, yes, th- this is Amy. You know, she did, uh, and she claimed was claiming to be something over fifty. She never gave mm-hmm. an exact age, but I, I don't know. I'm fifty five, and I knew that was bullshit. Um, <laughs> she's probably but, I mean, closer she, to thirty five. <laughs> she does. She she does look very young, but no, she's forty seven according to what I found online. Or was yeah, that's the time about where I placed now. her too. But she does; she looks young. She does look very young. I don't know how much of that is makeup, how much of that is whatever. I look young for my age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or who cares? Yeah. For me, that was just kind of one of those. I don't know. Little things that didn't matter. Mm. Like you know, I don't know. It probably should have. You right? you
0: you didn't <laughs> let your mind get hung up on that. No, peccadillo. it didn't matter.
3: It just kind of seemed like I don't know. For me, whether it's this or the Bible or whatever, they're parables. They're stories. They're mm-hmm. little ways to help people come into the group and to learn things so i just that kind of stuff didn't matter to me and looking back at it i probably should have i
1: understand though yeah Yeah. i mean i i can imagine a version of that where she says my age is frozen and you think okay (laughs) you know i mean that that, that's not like a claim i could verify or or disconfirm so maybe you just think that maybe you're being sincere but there's no way to really test it
3: And it's almost said in a way. Well, it wasn't. It's gotten more intense lately. She's changed over the last year, the time that I've been with her a lot. her her claims of being enlightened and all that stuff. Her personality, all of it's changed pretty severely. Yeah, that was much. uh, (laughs) That kind of thing was much more like you know. Oh, look at me. I'm I'm frozen at twenty. Not really Not really making it sound like for sure when I'm 150, I'm going to look exactly like this. More just look at how young I am. And I'm young because my metabolism is healthy because of all the practices I do. Mm-hmm.
2: Because, right. You know. This is Amanda. And the practices are, they are geared to increase your metabolism, to help your energy flow, to open your meridians, to balance your auric fields, to stimulate your nervous system, to increase your You know, your circulation and your heart function, like Mm -hmm. all of these practices are legitimate within areas of Tai Chi, yoga, you know, pranayama, like all of those things work for those purposes. So when she says these practices give you the youth, these practices make you youthful, you don't need the creams, you don't need those things because the practices make you youthful from the inside. There's an element of truth to all of that. Don't exercise for forty years. You're going to look like shit. If you exercise and you eat great, you have a chance of looking a lot better. You know. Sure. Are there
0: easily describable kind of pillars to these exercises? Is it like a a steady regimen of breathing exercises, of dance? You know, how how would Mm -hmm. you describe sort of that daily ritual to keep those exercises up?
3: Um, When I was traveling with them, we would get up early in the morning and do. Uh, What they called happy morning practices, which were actually really awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, It starts with a form of kind of stretching and moving all your joints, getting everything kind of wakened up, Uh, laughter meditation, um, Mm -hmm. uh, shamanic massage, Mm -hmm. elemental massage meditation yoga
2: different yoga complexes to balance the harmonize the left and right brain masculine feminine energies there's a regimen i'd say five or six different practices that you would do in the morning um this is amanda when they were in cheyenne and i was organizing we would always get up in the morning and run and then do our practices oh wow so there's a lot of running involved sounds like a
0: couple hours of your day yeah
2: Oh, yeah, it's a couple hours of morning practices just to just to begin your day. And then there's um, different energy practices to eliminate the dark forces trying to get in your life. So frustration, fear, negativity, anxiety, rage. Like you do strong practices to raw those out and then fill yourself up. And then there's evening practices and rituals, too. And the, the deeper you get, the more – I mean – Before I got out, I was probably spending five to six hours a day um, within ritual reading practices, like all of it, focused only on that. And that's with a family. I I had a family. Right. And
1: this is all in the span of two years. So it had really consumed your life
2: pretty quickly. Very much so. After traveling with them, it was like that. Well, when I came back from Kazakhstan, it was maybe three weeks later, I forfeited my healing center gave up my reiki practice that i had had for 10 years and yeah i was going to just do that going to work for chakuntali you mean work for field of love yeah but even before i was really going to work for field of love when i was in kazakhstan janabel the shaman who focuses on exorcism and and dark dark energy release work and Akaias, another one that that focuses more on that realm of practice, um, had told me that, um, experiences that I had been having in my own body were directly related to the fact that the practice and the work that I did through my Reiki wasn't safe. And that, um, in doing that work that I was taking everyone's karma that I worked with and passing it on to my daughter. Mm. Um, and, um, there was an element of me that knew that was bullshit, but they also played on the question that I asked enough Mm -hmm. to really make it seem legit. And, you know, there's other schools of thought that say the same thing. I have very, you know, devout Catholic friends that, you know, they denounce Reiki as well. So I've, you know, I've had this, you know, people bring this to me before, but this was different. Mm. Um, This woman who was the highest of her lineage in the dark, art release work, the dark magic release work, and being able to transform that. That woman walked with me arm in arm, side by side on a path for at least a half a mile where there's a hundred other women, and she's talking to me about my life and my family. And I believed her.
0: In in very negative, really threatening terms.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I, I lost a really good friend and a business partner because of that and she still to this day won't talk to me because i came home and i pulled the rug out from under everything we had built so you know that was a big one there was a huge community that depended on me
1: so you were thinking if i don't leave my business i'm i'm harming everybody who comes to it and my daughter
2: and you know, I've had feedback for years and years and years that negates that. You know, people transforming their lives, people thanking me for genuinely showing up as a, a real person and sharing what I learned through my own healing path for healing myself and all of my trauma. You know, I'll share anything that I didn't try on me first. And that was true with this too. It worked for me. And so I shared it with hundreds of women. And I had to call every one of them because my soul wouldn't not let me when I found out what was up and called every single one of them personally and said, "This is what I learned, and I'm sorry, make your own choice Wow i mean
1: that's that's amazing due diligence. A lot of people wouldn't wouldn't do that, so what did if I were on the other end of that call, how did you summarize your time with fields of love
2: Oh yeah, well. Hi, this is Amanda. How are you doing today? I've got something to tell you. Will you please sit down? The art of love isn't what I thought it was, and I was all in, and I found out that they're not legit. And I found out because I simply asked them for a charity number, for a nonprofit number, if I was going to be their leader in the United States. And what I was met with was two weeks of running around the bush and asking me why I needed this information and telling me why it wasn't important. And, oh, yes, in the traditional world of business, this is important. And then um, right before I asked him that question, um, my husband's oldest son passed away and we were all grieving. And um, I asked him the question again, and I was getting pretty strong about it this time. I was like, this is a simple question. It's not about spirituality. It's about business. Just give me the answer. And they said, oh, my dear, why are you so upset? You must be taking on your husband's grief. Now everyone's power in your family that dies, their power will come to you. Oh. and told me I was just acting this way because I was taking on my husband's emotion at that point i told him you know what fuck you how about this i was like if you don't provide me that charity number i can help you get one it'll take me about two hours in the state of wyoming to get you a 501c3 and we'll be legit you want me to do that no okay well you can kindly go sail a ship (laughs) <laughs> well, would you, are, will you still be preparing for Shakuntali to come in the spring? And I said, no, <laughs> thank you, Sekmet. You can count me out of this organization, event, and all further events. You guys have a nice day. Bye. To which I got reply, namaste. Oh, well, that's familiar. Yeah. So that was my out. December 2019 is when I... Started uncovering the truth, and as soon as I got that answer, and they they gaslighted me about my stepson, it was that was it for me.
0: So manipulative.
3: And what um, about you, Amy? How what was your exit point? Um, it was about the same timeline. Somebody started sending me information about them, articles, oh. and because of the thing that had happened with Amanda, I took it more seriously and, and looked at them. I had read one of them early on, but it didn't seem very legit, and I just kind of blew it off because I don't know why. I don't make good decisions, I guess. So when I started really looking into it and, and I saw the video, uh, the videos with, with Master and hearing his voice and him and a bunch of women that were dressed as priestesses but severely made up. Um, and it's video of him and these women and the cops and this all the situation around that. I was done. But I was much more of a, a coward about it and just kind of slipped out. It was time for us to leave. Uh, actually, no, we were. that's right. We were in Denver. We had just finished up in Denver and they left. And right around, I guess the last time I saw him was Thanksgiving. So we had done, I went home for Thanksgiving and was getting ready to go back to them when this all kind of came out. Well, you're
1: both being the opposite
2: of a coward right now.
3: Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you.
2: This is Amanda. Um, right before I got out in December, um, I was teaching my last Reiki class in September because I had already had it planned, and I was going to honor those students. So I had a beautiful class of 15 people, and it was amazing. And on the second day of the class—it's a three-day intensive—on the second day, about five minutes before my class was to start, I got a call from the divine phone. <gasps> Oh, my dear, we have such wonderful news. Shakuntali is here and she wants to talk to you. She has a very big surprise for you. And I was like, Oh my God. Hi, Shakuntali. And she's like, My dear Amanda, you'll make so big, special spiritual efforts in this life. Master want to provide for you a very special experience. Master wants you to come to Cyprus. In 15
0: days.
2: Whoa. Over Thanksgiving. After I missed my anniversary. (laughs) And now I go to Cyprus on Thanksgiving. So
1: we're skipping backward in time a little bit, right? This is Uh, before you had uh, told them to sail a
2: ship. Right before we... Yeah, this was September. I sailed in December.
1: Okay, got Um,
2: it. So September, I get invited to go to Cyprus on a scholarship, which means that Master is going to pay... For my tuition and my food for seven days in Cyprus, $250.
0: Wow. Yeah. How can you say no to that?
2: Right? It was $1,700 to get there. Right.
0: Ah, okay.
2: That was on me. So I fly out to Cyprus, going across the world again by myself this time. I didn't have anybody to go with me. So I went to Cyprus and that was seven days of studying with the other high-level organizers all over the world. It was the first time anybody from the United States had been invited to Cyprus for Global Spirit School. They usually do um, Americans in Mexico. So it was a big deal. You need to learn much about the cosmic laws of the universe right now. We don't have time. You must come now. It is, you must come. Do not say no. So I went all day, every day, nonstop, running, calisthenics practices, learning how to teach the practices, learning how to receive the practices. You have about 20 minutes for meals. That includes preparing the food, setting the tablecloth on the floor, getting settings out for all 20 women, doing all the things, getting it done. And during your meal, learning how to use the encrypted, very secure form of telegram to keep all of the information very secret and keep the power safe. So you're learning this while you're eating food. Um, the whole time we were there, we were, we were fed three meals a day, but the level of nourishment in those meals was very small. It was like rice and maybe a cucumber and tomato. We got bread and butter as a treat kind of thing. You know, sometimes we'd get some cheese, but it was very basic.
1: Yeah, almost um, no protein there.
2: Yeah, it, you know, I I'm a I'm an Arbon rep, whoop, whoop. and uh, <laughs> I took my vegan protein with me, and it's so funny that was the only thing that got checked going through customs was my protein powder. <laughs> uh, but you got it through? <laughs> oh heck, yeah, I did. I did oh, in Kazakhstan good. too. <laughs> we took it to Kazakhstan, which I I swear having that protein source for us is a saving grace in this. Yeah. Um, dang. But uh, Cyprus was intense. It was very, very, very intensive. Constant all day, every day from about seven in the morning to midnight. And it's like waking up running and then swimming in the sea, which, oh my God, thank you. <laughs> uh, but it's a lot of it's a lot. you guys. So a so, lot of
0: physical exertion. But the things yeah. that you're learning, are you learning to recite certain passages? Are you you're learning-,
2: learning how you're learning how to how to speak to festival organizers to get your way into a festival, even if you're not on the bill. You're learning how to sell objects of power. You're learning how to invite people. The inviting is huge. The inviting is the highest development of your soul. The more people that you can invite, the closer you become to the power. I'm seeing um, that
1: triangle again. Uh huh.
2: <laughs> You're learning how to do the marketing end of things. You're learning how to do the... Documentation end of things. You're learning how to fill out and send your reports to them after every event so that they can keep really close track of how many people you have coming. You're learning how to circumnavigate using any of the financial systems and keep it only in cash and how to ask your organizers to use their Venmo accounts. You're learning how to teach and hold the practices. You're learning how to teach the higher level practices to your helpers and organizers. You're learning how to develop a team for yourself as a high-level organizer so that you can begin to elevate more.
1: And and are you getting, every time you bring someone in, you mentioned at the the u.s events you would get like a little cut of their
2: yeah you get a percentage you know they they pay it out like it's typically 15 to 30 percent depending on what kind of event it is how many people are coming mm. but then you know you're also organizing individual sessions for your participants you're organizing getting set up with objects of power for your participants and how to how to recommend certain objects of power for for certain rituals. You're learning how to encourage people to pay up front for their international tours. You are learning all of these things. It's very business-oriented. as you're
0: learning this, is it putting into stark relief any of your experiences? Are you feeling maybe a little manipulated that you were sold objects?
2: Well, at this point, at that high level, the level that you are in, you are very much in the mindset that you are bringing people this healing for their lineage. So, mm-hmm. you are not selling them anything. You are offering them opportunities for growth and healing.
0: Okay. But this it's, also, all of this organization and learning how to work around the system also really paints in stark relief that they didn't have the ability to get a nonprofit number.
3: They didn't, this is Amy, they didn't want, want it. it. Mm. They didn't ever want <laughs> it. For the longest time, they wouldn't do Venmo or anything like that. It was
2: cash only,
3: ever, Mm, for a mm. very
2: long time. Well, even to the point, this is Amanda, where you get a significant price cut on your events if you pay cash. Like, Mm. we'll offer you 30% off if you pay cash you know you it's just like anything in retail <laughs> you market yeah. way Although up so you market down California. yeah
0: you
1: can't. Well, you can't do that a cash well, discount
0: so it's a whole underground economy they're trying to run and it's it's very efficient
1: that that does seem like the proper uh, interpretation, But I'm wondering, did they actually say to you, like, oh, we don't want the tax number? Or is this sort of you just over time got the sense? I that-
2: asked specifically for this tax ID number. And I was told specifically, because uh, I said, I'm a businesswoman. This isn't about spirituality. This is about business. To which she replied, yes, I am a very successful businesswoman in the world, too. And I thought these things were important. Dear, why do you think these things are important now? After working with Master, I have learned that we do not need these things to truly help people. Why do you say this, Amanda? You don't need this information. Wow. Would you like me to help you get one if you don't have one? No, my dear, this is not the way of the cosmic laws of the universe. Wow. I was specifically told no. Yeah, sounds like it.
0: The cosmic laws only take cash.
2: Right. That's right. That's right. Exactly. It's the well, only form of energy the cosmic laws receive. That's right. This is Amy. And that is for the longest
3: time that was the line about it is that the, the money, that, it's called a sacrifice or an exchange. It's not called a sale. We don't sell anything. We do exchanges and sacrifices. And the idea behind it is actually kind of cool that you take this money that you've earned, the, the energy of that money, and you put into it those things that no longer serve you. And you hand that over. All that energy with the money and you receive the object or the teaching or the seminar, whatever the thing is. It's a very beautiful um, ritual. It, it really is quite it really is quite mm-hmm. quite lovely.
1: I mean that is the money at its highest good does that, right? We translate mm-hmm. whatever work we've done into the money and then you know, give that work to someone else and mm-hmm. they give us their work. That's how it should be in the purest sense. But I'm thinking of, okay, you spend $1,700 to go on this trip, and then you pay $250 more to get your object of power. And then what do you get? <laughs> you know, a, a necklace. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Sorry. That, no.
2: <laughs> this is Amanda. My highest sacrifice, my highest ability to receive the medicine for the United States was a $1,500 drum. That was the first level now. That $1,500 is only supposed to be for personal use. Now, if you want to use the same tool, the same drum, for your family. What? Then that drum will be 3000 Now, if what? you want that same drum. Oh, sorry, baby. To help your whole community and your whole country. No. That same drum is $5,000. <laughs> but because, oh. because I was to be... Shaman of the United States is what they told me my title would be eventually, you guys. Okay. Wow. Oh
1: my goodness. Because of
2: that, I was able to only sacrifice 1500 for my drum for the highest level of healing for all of the United States. Oh, yeah. What a oh. steal. Lucky. Can you. I, can I insert here? I can be wrong.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. oh, I but hustled you wanna... my
2: ass off. I spent every, I organized an entire seminar. And every cent that I gained from working my ass off for five months to build that seminar, plus money that I called in from my Reiki students, plus money for my phone bill, I got together to make sure that I could make that sacrifice before the end of the week so that I could receive that blessing. And I can't tell you the mental breakdown that I had during the seminar that my, my sisters and my friends had to call me out and they said... My dear, what are you doing example to the others? This is greatest sacrifice, greatest blessing you could ever have from Master to receive this drum. Why are you crying? I have to take care of my family. This is not the laws of the universe. This is not your high priority. So I told my family, sorry, got to do this. And everything that I had worked for for all those months that was going to take care of my daughter to help my family. I got me a real nice drum and it's beautiful and it's medicine and I play it and it helps people Um, and I transformed it. So that was my piece, the one piece that I kept because I needed to keep something to represent in myself, the ability to move through this lesson and come out the other side Mm -hmm. and that they can't control my mind, my heart, my life, or my bank account. Good Good for you. Mm -hmm. Can you... (laughs) Um, I'm curious. Oh, we have one more piece from there too. Oh yeah. What'd you say? What are you reaching for? Uh, the hamus. The uh, one other object. Hamus. We
3: hamus. X O M U S. It's a mouth harp. Mouth and harp. this um, this was probably my most important thing that I got there. Is that an object of power? Amy's got. Yeah, it looks like
0: a, a mouth harp. Yeah, like. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yes. my gosh. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Yeah, it's super awesome, They're amazing. That is awesome. Cool.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Amy. So you keep that in your purse or some that, bag there?
3: Yeah, <laughs> not in my purse, but yes, I do. I keep it
2: around. Um, that was what was, that your was your sacrifice for that?
3: Uh, I believe that uh, that twenty-five dollar at most instrument cost me five hundred.
2: It was not twenty five on the Amazon. <laughs> I found them later, and I ordered the exact same one for fifteen. I paid one hundred and fifty for mine. You paid five hundred for yours. Yours I is way so. more powerful. I not so. to oh, be no. honest.
3: Well, I went for the top,
2: and to, and to
3: be honest, I, it all mixes together. All the different things I bought, I couldn't tell you all the different prices. So that's
0: like a ten to thirty five x markup on yes. oh, the cost.
3: Yes. Yeah, it, yes, but it's not the object; it's the spirit that is imbued inside the object, and the larger the sacrifice or exchange, the greater influence that spirit will have. I am trying to be serious. (laughs) The greater influence that object and spirit will have in your life. What do you think of that now? Um... (laughs) It's funny how things like that can make sense at the time, Mm -hmm. that little things slowly over time that seem weird become normalized until more and more things are normalized. Because in the beginning, it didn't make Mm -hmm. sense to me. And then at some point, it really did. It totally made sense to me at one point. Um, Now, I Mm -hmm. think it's a super great way to manipulate people and make a lot of money.
1: Mm. Yeah. What are they doing with all this money?
3: That's a super good question, and that's part of what kept me there is traveling with her. I saw how she lived. She they didn't she didn't go to re- they don't go to restaurants. They don't stay in hotels. We stayed in a hotel one time because it was the middle of the night and a snowstorm and the road was closed, and we stayed in a cheap ass motel. They don't spend money on anything. Good God, if we if we get like uh, ice cream or something like that from the grocery store, it's a fucking treat. Like it's a celebration. Um,
0: and there's no paid clergy, quote unquote, that everyone's right, like volunteering. She
3: supposedly, yeah, supposedly. Yes, most people are volunteering. So the places we stay are people uh, open up their homes and they feed us and we stay there for free. Sometimes we'd spend money on groceries very rarely and very restricted. You can There's $20 for the week to feed four people. Hmm. Ah, okay. <laughs> you know, like I don't know how to do that, but we did. So I never saw the money going to anything extravagant. Right. So it it made me feel like it was legitimate, and we're well, you know, looking where at does it Shantali
1: now. actually hang her hat? She doesn't live here.
3: No, she stays in like as well. She stays in San Diego a good part of the time, and then travels from there to to L.A. to uh, Sedona, Denver, Dallas, Mexico. Um, Albuquerque, various places like that where she has organizers and gives events on the regular. She has kind of a scheduled two or four times a year. She hits these places. Oh, and so someone st-
1: really is her with her at all times. There's no oh, going yeah. home to Russia.
3: No, no. Yes, yeah. she does go. She goes somewhere and we think home to Russia. Again, about two to four times a year. She takes off. She's gone for a few weeks. Everybody splits and does their own thing, regroups, and then is together for a couple months or whatever. And then... It happens again.
0: Do you get the sense that this money is kind of going to her and that when she's not around her followers, she's kind of living a higher lifestyle? Or does she maybe pass that money along to someone above her?
3: We can only speculate about that. Um, Yeah, watching how just being around her, it's hard for me to imagine, but maybe maybe she's building her retirement. Maybe it's all going to the get master out of prison fund. I don't think it's going to charity because I sure didn't see much of that.
2: Mm. Actually, I saw
3: zero of that. I tried to initiate a lot of that and could get zero of that going so yeah my guess is it's not going to charity but again I don't know that either I don't know where the money goes
1: yeah well I know that cult experts will say you keep a cult going for one of four reasons money power sex fame fame mm-hmm. uh, and it's, it's like power and fame would be her driving motivations here more than mm-hmm. sex for her. Or money. Yes, I well, think so.
3: But yeah. I think master maybe sex and money. Looking at mm-hmm. the at the videos and things that I had saw online, I think sex for sure. And there must be money in there somewhere because they're raking it in. Mm. Mm.
2: This is Amanda in Kazakhstan. I personally now we're we're talking 150 women in total. Okay, I personally dropped I think two grand on individual sessions, not even including objects of power and additional rituals. Wow. Um, and that's just personally.
0: That could feed four people for a hundred weeks.
2: So, yeah, a lot. Um, that could feed a family for months. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's you know not even counting all the additional. Every ritual that they offer, they ask you to pick an object of power to dance with and then at the end of the ritual tell you the sacrifice in exchange for that object of power if you'd like to keep that spirit to take with you so they already you establish a relationship with it you build a connection with it and then oh but now um, this is what you need to give us for that
1: yeah um, it's like a drug dealer who gives
2: you a little bit of their drugs for free
0: yeah first. and then yeah how awkward and then is tells it, you, then to the, you have to that you break that connection for it. with yeah. that object say so, you yeah. know what actually i don't I'm need okay. it
2: well and then now why don't you want this why right. what is your reason oh money this is not big priority mm. right S-
0: so yeah. transactional I'm yeah. I'm curious one, one thing that we ran into was we saw this video of shakuntali walking on water oh, yes. and it's w- Beautiful. one of our our listeners astutely pointed out the board that we had speculated was there that she was walking on it was very clearly fake w- were there any signs or wonders or demonstrations of spiritual or supernatural ability that you saw
3: uh she walked on broken glass okay. a few time, a few times Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm she not,
2: walked on broken. I come from a circus performer background. That's not a super ability. You know, you know how yeah. that's done. Yeah. That's performance art. I could walk on glass too if I practice long enough. Absolutely. But, I right. can spin fire. We could call that a super ability. It's not. It's performance art.
0: She, but she presented it as being uh, an oh, yes. outgrowth oh. of her spiritual attainment.
3: Yes, absolutely. That, that, well, that anyone could do it if you could attain the right uh, mental state. The right spiritual meant if you if you could attain the right uh, spiritual state that you could do it to. And sometimes she will have participants um, do it, which also kind of shows that it's not really.
1: Oh, right. Okay. um, So then how did you conceptualize that, Amanda? If you had the circus background and, you know, eh, anyone can be trained to do that.
2: Like super awesome lady, you know, is able to do a lot of things. I got a lot of tricks up my sleeve, too. So Mm. for me, it was just like, cool. I mean, she's a great dancer, you know. She's got a lot of skills. She's got a lot of talents. That's one of them. Right on. You know, it's mystical as hell when I light up a fire hoop and I do stuff. For somebody who hasn't seen that before, that's the most magical thing they've ever seen in their life. Mm. Somebody who's never seen a performer walk on glass before, that's going to blow their damn mind. Mm. Oh, right.
1: Yeah. So you're kind of seeing magic as sort of a... I guess I, I think of magic as having a very clear line around it, whereas you see it as sort of this more permeable barrier that um, we all kind of can dance
2: with. And it's all perception. So it's, you know, smoke and mirrors is smoke and mirrors. You have somebody putting on a great show. You have all the elements of that show. You have touch, taste, smell and feel. You are going to experience it like it is truth. Mm. Mm. That's what actors do, right? Mm. That is the truth that is being expressed through. Shakuntali works with actors. She works with people that are performance artists all the time because she is a master at that. She is a skilled, skilled performance artist. She's talented. She can sing. I can improv with her. Like, we can make some awesome music. She's got gifts. She's an awesome lady. She's a nice woman to... Mm. Before the whole enlightened thing happened like we would we would have fun when mm. she would come out of the room you know and I <laughs> treat her like anybody else you know we joke and have fun and she oh whoa. <laughs> whoa, Amanda I remember one time driving Wyoming I had the big uh the big pickup, three-quarter-ton pickup, and I was taking Diana and Shakuntali into the mountains in Wyoming and, you know, taking them down these back roads, and I'm driving, and I'm having a good time, listening to music. I'm like, welcome to Wyoming. Whoop And she's sitting in the seat, and she goes, oh, Amanda, you really enjoy this, don't you? <laughs> and she's laughing. I'm like, <laughs> you know? We had fun. I took them up mm. on my mountain and showed them how I say my prayers. And they're like, "Oh, this is how we say our prayers too." So, is there genuine connection there? Yes. Do many people see it? No. Was it super different after the enlightenment thing? Very.
1: What's the enlightenment?
2: When mean? Shakuntali became enlightened. When I met her, she didn't hold that status. She was an enlightened woman. She was a high level oh. priestess. And um, about
1: when did that happen?
2: Uh. At, right after Kazakhstan, they went into retreat. O- October or November. Yeah. Because it wasn't until
3: the last time I went back there that, that I got the call of the good news. Oh, yeah. It, so and it was
2: right after Cyprus. Sorry, this is Amanda. Yeah. It was right after Cyprus, because that was November. Yeah.
3: In
1: 2019?
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She just became enlightened a few months ago. We were listen- re-listening to your interview, and she said in your interview that she had been enlightened for a year. Mm-mm. Not true. Not even close. Unless they, uh, because (laughs) they went, all the shamans went into retreat and when they all came out, she was enlightened woman. And And then
1: did she kind of rise to the top at that point? So she had been sort of on the
2: bottom of the. She was always high up as a priestess. I mean, she's, she's like the head. I mean, well, there's, there's Latamira, Shakuntali, Ayla, Cadenicaeus, Jeannebel, Lilel, Lel,
0: Those are all priestesses
2: priestess and or shamans but okay.
3: she she was uh, this is amy she seemed to be treated as the highest
2: uh priestess for sure she was the highest okay. priestess Ila was the highest shaman isla and latimera
3: and i know when when driving with her in the car when she was on the phone about stuff you could tell she was the one in charge you tell so you tell Ila blah 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 tell so and so to do this it was she was in charge
0: were these all women in all of your involvement with the group did you only see women were there ever men
2: in Kazakhstan, there were men. This is Amy. Uh, in the retreat in
3: Sedona that I the first thing I drove them to, and then a couple after that, there were a few a handful of men, the same men. And then after that, no more men. And mm-hmm. the only time we were even allowed to to deal with men at all was at bhakti fest. we did some some work with men and women, but for the most part, after a short time, they just no, only men. the only men can work with Master Ayun, the male shaman. And no one else.
0: Were there any rules around sex or any understanding around what people were doing with their sexual autonomy?
3: I don't know rules exactly, but there was definite suggestions of you should not give away your sexual energy to anyone of a lower vibration than yourself. Hmm. But there was not really any you should do this or do that or, you know.
1: She was pretty explicitly anti-gay when I spoke to her.
3: Well, that's very interesting because I'm a big old queer and she, <laughs> <laughs> and she knew that. And the conversations we had around it were very different than what she said. Um, ah. and, and the things that she said, even in seminars and other things, it wasn't an issue. It wasn't about that. Although she did encourage me to um, uh, examine and try to uh, recapture more of my feminine nature that that would be better for my energy, but not to not be gay. That was never a thing. She never had a problem with that. Interesting. So it's kind so of weird. Yeah, really what she said on changes. your what she said on your show was weird. It whole,
2: threw us. This is Amanda. Like the mm. the way that she answered you and the way that she responded, we were both like, "What? Like we've never heard her trip that hard." I was like, mm. "She tripped." Yeah, I, you know, not... like you she you straight up she just tripped.
3: Yeah, she was <laughs> off her game. Good Bad. job.
2: Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I, honestly, let me be really clear here. I can be wrong. And um, also, I want to be clear, like, that was one of my, like, processing pieces. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I don't know if I want to interview with this woman. I saw how she came around the wheel with Shakuntali. And damn, I was like, I don't know what's going to happen, you guys. It could be bad. Can we get a list of questions? Because I don't gonna want happen? that.
1: <laughs> well, uh, you so, seem kudos to have a to you. few less things to hide than Shakuntali.
2: <laughs> <in tally. laughs> I'm wide and, open. And, My God. No, pop quiz, what's wrong. a
1: PhD?
3: Like a doctorate degree, you mean? Yeah.
1: Oh, wow, you passed. You're already doing better than like Chakuntali. What, what are you trying to say?
0: Um, now, after, after we released uh, the episode with Chakuntali, there was um, quite the reaction from her, and we assumed some people around her trying to get it taken off the internet, trying to explore <laughs> any, any um, avenue she could to that effect. Have you seen her be vindictive? How did the organization react to both of you when you left? Namaste. That was it. That was like the end of communication.
2: Yep. Well, I blocked everyone after that, so I don't know if they tried to reach out or retaliate to me. I don't know. I blocked everything. I I blocked them on my media. I blocked them on my personal. I I all of everybody. Hmm.
3: Okay. Um. This is Amy. I did not. Uh, I blocked Facebook because I didn't want to see that anymore. Um. But uh, there was just nothing. Uh. There. There. I, that's not true. There were a couple people that I stayed in contact with. That are involved. But no, there was nothing.
0: Okay. But you didn't fear at any point retaliation or someone like looking <laughs> for you?
3: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I did probably more about this than leaving, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh the thing about it that's scary is that I don't know how much to be afraid. Um, I know there are people that are involved with them that would do anything they asked. Anything. They asked. I don't know what they would ask, because <laughs> cause I I don't know. Maybe they don't give a crap. Maybe they don't care what we say or what we do, or
2: um, and they're just gonna start I over think anyway. They care.
3: This is this <laughs> I mean, is they Amanda. Reacted to
2: us. This is Amanda. Um, when I got out, um, I had been sent back to the states with mm, I'm gonna ballpark guess maybe I don't know three to five thousand dollars worth of merchandise, objects of power. To bring back to states to just keep to hold until Shakuntali came through and we did another event and then mm. we, they would have it there, you know? So, you know, packed me up with an amount of stuff that it was unbelievable that I could even fit it in my suitcase. It was ridiculous. And um, that was one of my big concerns. um, Getting out was I was holding their merchandise, and I was like, "Okay, now that's a big enough price tag that somebody would come knocking on my door." So before I cut off contact completely, I reached out to one of the helpers that I worked closely with over the. time with shakuntali and actually it was uh it was the man that we know that was involved and he he felt safe and uh set it up and i knew that they'd be that he'd be talking to them that he was the middle person and so i actually was paranoid enough doing that i mean it was an entire box of stuff about this big that i had to haul and i i made the meeting at a local a local spot and i had three of my friends be Mm. there as wallflow wallflowers you know not there as to know me so that when i had that meeting just in case shit went down i had people so okay. i wasn't there by myself take this <laughs> stuff have a nice life forget my number piece and i was told if you ever want to come back you can
0: wow that, that oh, many okay. people
2: have left and many people have come back and that if you want to come back you can and hmm. those were those were the last words that i had in person
0: you were anybody. valuable to them
2: <laughs> oh, both of you yeah yeah, yeah we were She's the voice of power, and I'm the shaman of the United States. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's a pretty powerful title. Charity leader, shaman of the United States. Damn. Voice of power? Mm.
0: (laughs) If you had to guess, how many people would you think are members of Field of Love internationally?
2: Hundreds of thousands. They're in 32 countries. Each of the people that I mentioned that are shamans each have a following as strong, if not stronger, than Shakuntali's in their respective countries. Okay, and- so
1: Shakuntali was at the top in the U.S., but not necessarily other places.
2: She travels around. She travels around, but she, she's like in
3: top of the hierarchy of the people. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if she has the biggest numbers or not. Gotcha. Um, but I know she has. Thousands of people in the U.S., mm-hmm. and they have
2: thousands of people in Mexico. They oh, have Mexico's Europe, way bigger than European us. Their European following mm. is huge. Their European following is massive. Oh yeah, wow. yeah. When they when they have things in Mexico,
3: they have hundreds of people show up. Okay, so we, we have 50, 60, you know, that kind of thing. They have hundreds, hundreds. in Mexico. Wow.
2: Wow.
0: And are you a recovery group of two, or have you connected with other people who've
2: left? I have connections with uh, quite a few people that have left. Um, yeah. If
1: anybody uh, wants to be in contact with these two, feel free to reach out to us and we'll uh, Mm -hmm. send your contact info to Amanda and Amy. Absolutely. absolutely. I know that we've kept you here for a couple hours now and really appreciate it. I do want to ask you just a couple more things. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that really concerned me about Shakuntali was that she claims to cure illnesses. Did you see her doing that while you were with her?
3: Uh, This is Amy. That's an interesting question. So I have always suffered from treatment-resistant depression, very severe, Mm. all my life. And in in my time traveling with her, I had a two-month span where it was gone. Mm -hmm. And when I say gone, I mean before even when I was happy, there would always kind of be that in the back of my head, it'd be better to just be gone. No matter what was happening, that was always there. And I had two months with them. Well, that wasn't there, where I actually literally was like a normal person with normal emotions and Mm -hmm. responses to the world and felt like that was from that work. I don't know whether it was or not. I know when we went to the pyramid, when I came out, it was gone and I had a psychotic break and I've never been the same. Mm. I've never seen her cure a physical illness. No, I have seen people kind of come out of their shells. People be more open. People feel better psychologically. Um, But I I personally have never witnessed any curing of an illness. I've I've watched my team members suffer and be fed herbs and not allowed real medicine. But I've never seen her cure anyone, no. That counts. Um, What were they suffering with? (laughs) Um, Different things. A broken foot, for one.
1: They gave them herbs for a broken foot?
3: Yes. Okay. And prayer and I don't know, blah, blah, blah. Nice. Um, uh, I'm trying to think what else. Did stomach, she... You know, like stomach Sorry, issues, ahead. coughs, um, just, you know, random regular sickness, headaches. Um, I, I know I had a migraine, and the best treatment they had for that was uh, rinsing my sinuses with salt water mm. and, and praying more. May so, I?
2: Mm, please. Uh, so Amanda, when we came out of the pyramid, um, about 80% of our population had diarrhea. Um, had gastric issues, and um they had a little they had a lady there, a Russian doctor that was prepared with Russian electrolytes and charcoal tabs and they gave us broth and they were very prepared for us all to be sick after that um that which really spiri- uh, supports the tea hypothesis it does and also there's the piece of spiritual purging, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. a very natural part of things but also i I had diarrhea for fifteen days after the treatment. <gasps> Oh my goodness! And my gallbladder—I went to my—I went to my naturopath, and my gallbladder was completely shut down. So whether it was a result of the food or whatever was in the tea, combination of the exhaustion and all the different things, my gallbladder was on the fritz completely. Oh and, no. Um, I couldn't get a solid stool for fifteen days. So there you go. There's the <laughs> oh, there's the shit of it. Goodness. Um, but they wouldn't let us take anything else. Like we had ginger capsules. We had taken our own stuff. If they would have known we were having Arbon protein and stuff, they would have had a conniption fit. Sure. Um, oh, I got in
3: trouble for telling someone about it. Oh yeah. I got in big ass trouble for telling someone about Arbon. Like I was drinking a thing one day when we were on the road together and the lady we were staying with asked about it and when after I told her that I was stealing away her people, and I was giving them information that wasn't right, and that was her job, and she just, like, she went off. She was pissed. Huh. I, I was don't... not allowed to speak about that to anyone. Not, my people, yes, but not her pe- No one that was connected to her. Anyone c- that you met or knew through her, through the power, you had to have permission to speak with, to talk to, to get their contact information. Mm. Because the power needed to protect you, you see.
1: Yeah, no wonder this lady reveres a pyramid.
0: and was there kind of a a common practice of reporting on other people when they would say something out of line (laughs) you're both laughing
2: i I got in trouble a lot (laughs) (laughs) so did i this is amanda
0: you're both a little too independent for this i think
2: you know speaking to that when i was in cyprus this is amanda um, you know, you do the seven days of, of school, of Global Spirit School, Oh, which, by the way, after your uh, interview is now called Temple School. Just so you know, it's not Global Spirit School anymore. They're advertising it as Temple School now. Do you um, think that's because of the interview? Her Facebook profile changed after your interview. Her IP address for her website changed after your interview. And the name of Global Spirit School changed after your interview. I'd say that's directly related in uh, wow. observation. Okay. Wow. Uh, this well, is Amy. at least
1: I cost them a little bit in uh, buying URLs.
3: Well, and you might continue to hand out the information. It, Divinity Angels is what they're going under on Facebook. Yep. Okay. Divinity
2: mm. Angels. Or Angel. Yep. It might be angel, singular. It's Divinity Angel. Oh, it my. popped up on my feed again, too. My bad. Okay. Um, so in Cyprus, this is Amanda. Um, you go through the seven days of school, and just like any training program or something, you, know, you get a little certificate saying you completed this training, and then you get a, a parting gift. You know, an object of power or a track of music of transformation to help the development of your soul. Something small, you know, like a like a twenty dollar investment piece, you know, that you get and you actually don't have to pay for this time. But when I was when I was called to the front for the graduation, um, (laughs) Shakuntali said, and now we have our dear Manjula. That was my spiritual name Hmm. that I was that I paid for. In the school, that was the, my spiritual name. Cost me three hundred dollars in a blindfolded ritual that lasted about forty-five seconds. They were oh going to charge God. me a thousand, son of a. Bitch. Well, you're not the shaman of the United States, honey.
0: <laughs> and all I got was this special name,
2: <laughs> which I denounced. Um, but the name means "student of life." <laughs> <laughs> which is very appropriate. Uh, <laughs> well, what was the name again? Mandula. Mandula M-A-N-D-J-U-L-A. Mandula. 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 Okay. Yes. So I paid for my spiritual name. Great honor. None of the other peace elders, ancient elders that you work with, you, you receive a spiritual name mm. as a gift. You don't freaking pay for it. Amanda, you know better. Um, but mm. Shakuntali calls me mm. up and she says, and now our Mandula. She's probably going to laugh when she hears this. Or maybe not. Don't really care. I think it's funny. Armandula, I know what people they think. I know what people they will say. I know what people they will do. I always know. But Mandula, she always
1: surprised me. (laughs) (laughs) And you certainly have today. (laughs)
2: And then they gave me like their entire program for everything, all of their files for everything. And they're like, here, you will be shaman of the United States. I was like, wow, that's cool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And Shakuntale, is is that her spiritual name or is that an assumed name? Does she have a different name?
3: Yes, she does. This is Amy. Yes, her uh, real name is Victoria Novak. And Victoria, if you hear this, I really do appreciate all the time that we had together and everything that you taught me. And if you ever decide that
2: you don't want to play this game anymore, you let me know. This is Amanda, and I second that. I love you, Victoria.
1: What is is your motivation for wanting to get out in front of all this and, and tell your story?
2: This is Amanda. Um, for me, it's, it's just about transparency. From day one in my practice, I share the nitty-gritty of what I go through and deal with because we're all human. There's no head or tail. And my inspiration for sharing this is to debunk that idea that any one human is more powerful than another and that we are all created as equal and have a divine right to grow and enhance and that if anybody tells you that they are higher up on the ladder to god or spirit or creator than you that's a really good indication to go the other way Mm. and if somebody isn't going to rub elbows with you and chop wood and haul water and eat food take a look because that's not real medicine if you're not doing those things that's not real medicine that's smoke and mirrors and i went seeking medicine Which I got a lot of. I got a lot of trickster medicine, a lot of coyote medicine, a lot of twist me up medicine. But I gained a lot of wisdom in that. And that's what I'm here to share is that, you know what, if you find yourself in a group like this, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you're stupid. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're gullible. It means you're genuinely seeking something. And You know what, you're not alone. And I'm not the first. I'm not going to be the last that falls into something like this. And I just want people to know that there's a safe place to land and that the process of coming out of something like this is hard and you can't do it yourself. You have to lean into your support group. And that's what I'm here for is to be support for anybody else who feels like they can't do it themselves.
3: What about you, Amy? I guess it has a couple of aspects to it. I saw and experienced a lot of amazing beautiful things in my time with them and i learned a lot and grew a lot and i saw women come into these seminars with dead eyes and do these exercises and do these rituals and wake up and smile and beam with light and like you could see their true inner selves coming out so i could see that there was good happening in these in in, in this work and It gets awfully twisted with the manipulation, and I guess my point of all that is that it is easy to find yourself in this. When you're looking to better yourself, when you're looking to to heal your family, when you're looking to make the world better, you can find things like this and to just be aware, and if it starts to feel weird, if you start to feel like it's not the right thing, be aware of that. And I guess for me it's important to say it, even though I don't particularly want to be here doing this. I don't know, what comes to mind for me is when I was younger, I was sexually assaulted and I didn't report it. And the guy's long dead now, so whatever. But in the meantime, I imagine he hurt other women. And I wish I would have said something. So in the hopes that somebody out there wants to walk away from this and feels like they can't, or someone sees this as an opportunity for growth to beware, I don't know, just know that you can walk away, and, and yes, Amanda and I are here, and you can reach out to us. And just because there is good in it doesn't mean it's all good.
1: Well, that's really well put. Well, you've both been incredibly brave, and you're doing such a good thing. Um, we
3: really appreciate having you on. Thank you so much. Thank you for what you're doing.
2: Thank you for taking the time to um, Mrs. Amanda to uh, research all of her claims. Um, You want to believe those things, you know? Yeah. And um, I just want to take a moment to thank you from my heart for taking the time to do the research that I didn't do because it's going to help a lot of people. And I'm grateful for what you guys are doing. And I'm grateful that we got this opportunity to share and to just heal a little bit because this is Really healing for us too. So, thanks for it. digging deep, girl. Yeah, thanks
3: you guys. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you. That's an honor.
0: Thank you both so much.
3: Thank you, Ross. Thank you.
0: Wow, that that was so eye opening, and it went so many different directions that were all <laughs> all surprising and amazing and human. Um, yeah, thank you again. I'm blown away
2: thank you one of the things you guys asked in there is like what's come of all of this and yeah. um, I want to speak to that real quick if I can mm-hmm. is uh, Amy is writing an original album um, I'm singing back up on it and it's super awesome and we're not going to be a spoiler of the album name yet are we no 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 no, no spoiling that no, no. Okay. um but we're working on in-studio, like we're recording and working on music and we're creating um, we're creating music for healing and for dance. And we have a new project coming up with that that I won't completely plug yet because it's in its infancy. But there's been a lot of great shifts and growth and the creativity that's coming out of this is exceptional. And I know that it's going to be really awesome when it all comes together. So... You know out of every storm comes something awesome. Yeah. In well this tell case, us when it's, it's out. We'll definitely yeah. Yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thank, Thank you guys, you. So, Thank you guys much. so much. Yes. Namaste. <laughs> Namaste. <laughs>
3: Nobody can make namaste sound like fuck you the way those guys. That's
2: (laughs) That's exactly what. Namaste. namaste. She did it to you when she hung up on you. Yeah, she did. That was a
3: fuck you namaste. That was a fuck you namaste. You know it was. She would would say that, Amy, why you say this? Why you say this? But it's true.
0: It's more More of a nah, I'm going to leave.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Namaste is like, I'm out. (laughs) Namaste (laughs) off the phone and hope you don't. Namaste cray. Hope you don't play this recording of me fucking up.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much, and, and thank you to Marcus be. for uh, for yes. sitting around and uh, our yeah. angel and uh, doing the recording. We appreciate it. <sighs> yeah,
3: thank angel. you guys.
0: Well, we hope you enjoyed this fascinating conversation. Uh, we sure did. Uh, there will be video of the conversation as well, so please stay tuned to our YouTube channel for that.
1: And after this interview, we did reach out to My Field of Love with a number of questions. Uh, we asked what their tax ID number is, what they made of Amy and Amanda's accounts. And they were very quick to disavow any connection with Shakuntali. So here is the response from Representative Kate Reagan in full. Quote, We were very surprised when we received information about Shakuntali from you. Unfortunately, this is the first time we've heard about it. <laughs> Shakuntali was our friend and supported the movement for a few years, but she isn't our team member, and I can't give you any answers about her past and her relationships with somebody or something. If she has something in common with some cult or strange situations, we will remove her from the project and delete information about her from our website. We will also stop working with her in the future. I can also say that our movement doesn't support any homophobic, racist, or cult persons or organizations. We support freedom in all life spheres. Unquote.
0: Uh, quite the about face there.
1: So we followed up regarding the other concerns we had already raised. Uh, we'll let you know if you receive any response to that. As of the day of this episode being released, which is September 20th, 2020, my Field of Love's website is down for what they're calling scheduled maintenance.
0: Well, what a coincidental scheduling. Uh, yeah, up until then, Shakuntali was listed as an enlightened woman, reincarnation of the Ukok princess, Siberian shaman priestess possesses clairvoyance, the talent of instant opening of predestination and healing abilities, doctor of psychology, Mm. founder of the International Academy of Working with Subconscious Gyud. So uh, we uh, want to extend, again, a, a real big thank you to the incredibly brave and vulnerable Amy Speck and Amanda Atkinson for coming forward and speaking with us.
1: Indeed. And our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our Administrative Manager is Ian Kramer, and this episode was edited by Mr. Ross Blotcher.
0: Hello. Uh, Many, many thanks to the legal team that assisted with this episode, Susan Seeger, Madeline Knutson, Miles West, Betty Kim, and Jack Lerner, all of the UCI IPAT Legal Clinic dedicated to press freedom and transparency. You can learn about their work and the services they offer at ipat.law.uci.edu. And as always, thanks to our legal counsel, Matthew Strugar, who offered a few thoughts on this episode, even from high atop a mountain in Montana on vacation. He's at MatthewStrugar.com.
1: Matthew will always answer your texts. He's a he's a very respondent texter.
0: Well, then anyway. let's give out his personal phone number.
1: <laughs> I will not. But I bet you could find it without much digging if I know Matthew. So thank you also to the sources who came forward to substantiate Amanda and Amy's stories. If you're a current or a former follower of Shakuntali Siberia, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at info at onopodcast.com.
0: And remember, in the dulcet tones of Amy Speck.
3: Ancient spirits of the desert I am. Guardian elders of the forest, I am me. Protectors of our cities, watchers of the sea. Ancient spirits all around me, I am me. I am me, I am me, I am me, I am me. I am me. Ancient spirits all around me am yummy.
1: Hi, my name is Graham Clark, and I'm one half of the podcast Stop Podcasting
0: Yourself a show that we've recorded for many, many years. And uh, at the moment, instead of being in person, we're recording remotely, and uh, you wouldn't even notice. You don't even notice the lag.
2: That's right, Graham. And uh, the great thing about Uh, this... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay, and... Okay, go ahead. And you can listen to us uh, every week on Maximum Fun... .org or wherever you get your podcasts your podcasts maximumfun.org comedy and culture artist-owned audience-supported